0: Come on, Willie, you have to do it once, just
1: once, boy! Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Dom. Stand up! you ever see him jump that high? Things can happen. And tonight's movie for debate is Free Willy Trilogy 1, 2 and 3. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill movie and TV show podcast where it's always 10.30 at night so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is Free Willy Movie Trilogy 1, 2 and 3. Dom, how are you my man?
2: I'm wayly good thank you, yeah how are you?
1: Straight out of the blowhole <laughs> I'm good, I'm good I'm ready to have a whale of a time and,
0: uh... Okay,
2: okay, let's move on <laughs>
1: Dom, I'm so excited to talk about this To talk about these free movies There are actually four free Willy movies Were you aware of this?
2: I, I wasn't I was aware of the three I wasn't aware of the fourth until you mentioned it Not long ago
1: There's a fourth, and I believe it's called Free Willy Paradise Cove, I believe. And I tried to watch a little bit of it just to get a sense. But it is... I I disclude it from the exclude it, disclude it, whatever, from the Free Willy universe because it it does not involve Willy, the whale. It involves other whales, but one that I believe becomes named willy but it's a different whale it also does not have jesse in or any of the original characters the the main protagonist is a little girl he's actually steve irwin's daughter which you know I, I i i do like that part because you know i used to love steve irwin rest in peace but yeah i i don't think we can include it in the free woody universe i think we can respect it separately so we will not be discussing it on this podcast
2: and all the three witty really films the three free witty really films are in the 90s right and then this one is like mm-hmm. 2010 or something is it
1: correct yeah something like that
2: so yeah it's it's too far away for there's like a there's more than a 10 year gap between them so it doesn't really count does it
1: no if it's more of trying to be like a reboot kind of thing rather than it being a continuation and i think it takes place in australia or new zealand or actually or south africa i think it might actually be south africa it's it's in a different continent but i think it's that because i watched the first 10 minutes (laughs) i watched the first 10 minutes and i think that it starts in australia and the little girl's dad gets injured because he falls over in a barn. I believe this is this is what happened in those bit, the bit I saw. And then she goes to stay with her uncle or someone in, like, South Africa for the summer. And then this is where it happens. I think. I may have that completely incorrect. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that that's what it is. But let's take it back to the beginning. So Free Willy, early 90s. I believe it was nineteen ninety three what are your memories, associated feelings could tell us about that with all three of these movies i mean had you seen the second and third one before
2: i yeah definitely seen this the second one the third one i I didn't remember anything until I rewatched it, and then I remembered that I had seen it before okay um but when it comes to my sort of initial memories i only ever really remember watching these again with you
1: i mean i've
2: seen them all on tv like several times throughout the years um but other than that yeah it's only only that i've ever seen them with you really um and and i remember you really really liking them and i liked them but i probably like them because you like them but i wasn't it's not a film that i would think Like if I was to think back about my childhood and the nineties and stuff, it's not a film that I would, it isn't a go-to film for me.
1: Fair. Yeah. I I figured that that was the case. I wasn't sure if it was one that I forced you to watch as a child or not, but I'm I'm happy to see that it is on that <laughs> list.
2: It's on there, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I and I just I just quickly googled and yes, it is Free Willy 4. It was meant to be a reboot. That's what they actually had uh, as the intention. Starring uh Bindi Irwin and it's about an Australian child that yet yeah, uh ends up Spending the summer at a rundown amusement park in Cape Town in South Africa, and then that's where that's where it all happens there. And the original Free Willy did come out in 1993, so we would have been, for context, six years old when this came out. We probably saw it. I don't know, maybe seven, because I I don't remember watching this at the cinema. I don't think it, it was one that maybe a blockbuster situation. But I loved this film like loved it hard like I watched it so many times and there's so much about it that I was instantly drawn to uh mainly the fact that I, I didn't I'd never knew what an orca whale was before this um or you know I'd sort of thought they were called killer whales at that point which I know that they're obviously known as but you know they are orca whales and it started an infatuation with me from like an early age to the which has never left like i feel a true kinship to orca whales i have one tattooed on my arm uh i i've been whale watching and seen seen them in the wild which is absolutely phenomenal i did as a child go to sea world shamefully um you know that's something a relic well, we'll talk about that when we talk about blackfish and all the rest of it but can't deny I did go to SeaWorld when I was like 13 I think uh, with my family and unfortunately we loved it I mean obviously I look back at it now and see uh, you know how wrong all of that is Um, but I remember loving it because I was so infatuated with uh, with the whales and the idea of being a like of of having this kinship with an animal that only Jesse has you know it's kind of that he he has the bond he is the key to understanding this animal and i was obsessed by that that thought and very much wanted to like be him you know and have my own way all that i'm gonna free and that only i can communicate and all the rest of it so i was very much lost within that world um of in the movie it's another movie that has such a great score such a great uh you know like orchestra based score that so like all of the films we've been covering recently have had that like home home alone uh titanic casper and, and free Willy just uh fits that bill as well which is really something they don't do anymore right like i mean obviously i know we're not really watching family movies like that now but it doesn't feel like that feels like something that's very much a 90s thing
2: yeah when you're watching sort of like live action films now, you, you know, it's like Disney still puts very much a focus on the the music, you know, Encanto's just come out and uh, like a massive hit song for it. You know, apparently the film was like a major flop, but the, the songs are doing really well. So, uh, you, you know, that's, that, that's kind of one side of the, the, the sort of theater and cinematic world that's doing well with the music. But when it comes to, like live action films and, and th- things like this, the the scores you get in them aren't, as, aren't like what they used to be, you know, particularly like a kid's film and stuff. You might get a song thrown in that's familiar or like a bit of background music, but you don't get like the main title music that will then appear somewhere in the middle of the film. And then there's just other bits of, you know, music and melodies and stuff coming in here and there. And, you know, even like the little harmonica playing that becomes an extension of, like the theme and, and music that's played throughout the film and I guess you look at you look at the people that create these big schools so you look at like Hans Zimmer he's doing some really like he did all the Batman films you know and there's there's like really dark sort of films like that but you don't really see it in sort of like those kind of feel-good films kind of like you would with like Free Willy and like films of, of that generation yeah, you know, I think you're, you're spot on there, and it would be brilliant if they brought it back.
1: Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree further. And and the diegetic sound that goes with it uh, when when it's like on top of the the score. So like like at the end, obviously, we're going to talk about it properly in a minute. But at the end, where they're, where they're doing the prayer, the Sananayu naasis, and they're doing it with the score as it's building up. You know, it's kind of. It just it just gives you those feelings and those emotions, and it makes everything feel. It, it I feel emotional at the end every time, even watching it now, knowing what's going to happen. I mean, dare we say that the cover, of, the cover of Free Willy, the box art, is the biggest spoiler of all time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, It gives it away a little bit. I mean, the title almost gives it away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean even though but I mean you may know okay the the idea is they're going to free this whale, but you might not know how they're going to do it or the fact that, you know he's going to jump over this wall, but um and that has to be one of the most iconic images like movie posters, you know, of our sort of generation or maybe of all time. Like I've got I've got the uh the score I bought it here the CD um and Look at it like that is got to be one of the most recognisable images of, um, you know, Willie jumping over and Jesse's got his hand up. It's crazy. So, I mean, this is a really big film that we are covering and the sequels like I know that they're not as infamous, but there's a lot to talk about with them as well. I'm very uh, excited.
2: I was going to say, you know, you know, when you look at the cover, you look at the poster and you look at the artwork, like it's instantly recognisable to us. But generationally, I, I think if you're showing people that are in there, let's say anyone who was born to kind of 2000 onwards, they're going to look at it and mm. go, what the hell is that? I think there's going to be so many people True. that have no idea what this film is. So we're, we're quite heavily relying on the people of like our age bracket to remember what this is. and And even like people that are Not within our age bracket and are much younger than we are to go and watch it now that we're talking about it and then maybe come back and listen and go, All right, okay, this is what they're talking about because that would be Uh, great.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, I guess I always think about it as we're the youngest people in the world and everybody (laughs) else, you know, from like from a child's perspective, but yeah, I mean, these are things movies that I'll introduce my son to when he's at like the right age, and it will probably break my heart if he's like not into it, you know, or if it's like. Or if he'd rather watch things like, you know, Pixar movies and whatever. I mean, obviously, he can watch whatever he wants to watch. But, yeah, you're right. I I guess I didn't think of it that way. And we do have listeners that are, you know, younger than us and from younger, you know, a few generations down. So, yeah, well, that would be interesting. Hopefully, we can encourage people to dust off this gem. But I'm, I'm certain that people our age and above because i guess yeah if we were coming in if this was out when we were like six seven is literally we probably come in at the bottom right and then everybody above were like people's you know parents and grandparents that were you know watching this as well and then yeah i guess a few generations beneath but well i've I've got um i've got a lot of other things to say about the other movies as well maybe i could i'll give those memories when we hit the second and third one if that maybe if that makes more sense but we'll we're going to do this like how we did the home alone movies uh we'll talk about each one just one at a time talk about you know a general synopsis of what happens pick out some you know key points that that we uh that we really liked and think you know comments etc have a conversation around it and then we'll move on to the next one and then the next one and we'll get all three done in this one podcast we probably will also end up you know talking upon black fish and then there's also another two other documentaries that uh i would really recommend people watching especially you dogs, obviously i know you're a big black fish fan but uh keiko's journey home which keiko is the name of the of willy in in real life the actual whale there's a whole documentary about that had they transitioned and released him into the wild and we can talk about that and then uh there's also one called luna the whale Which is uh was produced and narrated by Ryan Reynolds. It came out, I think, in like 2006, 2007, that sort of time. And it's about a whale that got separated from its pod, from its family, and uh kind of became reliant on people. Uh, and it's uh, that's really interesting as well.
2: Okay, like, yeah, there's two that I'll definitely have to catch up with. How old is the um Keiko one?
1: That's like, they released him, I think, in like like 99, 2000, something like that. He he died in 2003, I believe. I might be getting some of them dates wrong. We are not experts, just fans, but uh, I believe he was in the wild for about two or three years and then he passed away. So yeah, it was like late 90s, early 2000s. Because it's
2: one that sounds like the Ryan Reynolds one I didn't know about at all, but that that one sounds familiar and I was just trying to work out if... It's something that I might have come across before, which potentially I have. I just haven't like seen the whole thing. So, yeah, I'll definitely go and see if I can find it
1: somewhere. That one's actually on YouTube, the whole thing. It's like 55 oh. minutes long. Um, I've got the DVD as well if you want to borrow it, but, you know, YouTube's there. I, yeah. I don't know what the quality is <laughs> like, but I, I, I've seen it's on there. And there's another one I watched on YouTube recently that was about maybe about half an hour long. It was called Inside the Tanks and it's about it was a british guy that went over to
0: uh,
1: i think it was in france i'm pretty sure it was in france i might be getting that wrong where they have orcas and um he was like so surprised that there were orcas so close to the uk you know you kind of think of it as sea world as something that's over in in the states and whatever and he actually had an interview with the guy that, the sort of head, I don't know, aquatics guy or whatever. And it was a really open interview. It wasn't like how the ones in Blackfish were there sort of trying to cover things up. It, he was like, he was like the the interviewer, the documentarian was saying, you know, why why are their teeth drilled in you know because the orcas in captivity their teeth because they have all these teething problems because they're like chewing on the concrete out of like boredom they literally drill into their teeth uh so that their teeth are basically hollow um you know like some really messed up things uh and talking about you know the fact that you know the, the orcas are just stationary like they're not moving um because they're they're depressed they're bored and you know in the wild they're swimming up to and beyond 100 miles a day you know in the Jeez. ocean and uh yeah so that one's also on youtube and i'd recommend that as well um but yeah lots of things to discuss uh, let's talk about free willy so with keiko is the name of the whale okay uh that they've actually based it on and you know or sorry is playing is playing willy and they found him in in a park i believe in mexico again i might be mixing up some of these locations and things and he was in a dolphin tank and it was just him in a tank with one other dolphin with one dolphin and and that was it and they reckon that if they didn't move him he would have been dead in three months Because he, you can see the uh, like the skin sort of the rash, or I'm not even sure what you'd call it, like the sort of bumpy uh, skin by his um, fins, fins, yeah, fins, Um, and the fact that he's got the collapsed dorsal fin, like the the fin on top. That happens to less than one percent of of uh, orca whales in the wild and it's it's to do with, uh, you know, being in captivity and then the same with, like, these sort of lesions and things. Uh, So they moved him to, uh, I believe it was in Oregon, in in Portland or around there, and to, you know, a bigger tank and to being looked after and all the rest of it. And, you know, that instantly, you know, extended his, his health and his life. And if we're just talking about him at the moment, he, at the end of the movie uh i'm not sure if it was on the version that you watched it on but when the credits come up and they're showing the orcas in in the wild they put up a phone number at the end like a 1-800 number saying if you'd like to donate and support um you know you know whales and and keiko's like release uh then call here and donate here and they just was it was it on did that come up
2: uh i don't think so
1: not that i noticed it might be something that, like, it was there, but obviously maybe the phone number and stuff probably doesn't exist anymore, so they probably took it out. Took it out. Um, but it was absolutely inundated with kids and parents and adults and whoever wanting, wanting Keiko to be free. You just watched a movie about a whale being free and being put into the wild, but this whale was not. It was in real life, was in captivity still, and, you know, malnourished and all the rest of it. So... Uh, because of that, that started the that started the Keiko Foundation, which is the basically like the charity of the movement to get Keiko freed. And Warner Brothers, who uh, the studio that produced Free Willy, they were just getting inundated as well with you know letters and uh, protests and campaigns and all the rest of it. So they eventually helped sponsor it. You know, turn the turn the uh, the press around. You know. And it started this uh this transition of releasing Keiko into the wild, so they they moved this is all on the documentary about I won't go into detail, and even still you need to watch it because it is just so interesting but they they moved him from you know the uh sea park or whatever and took him into a sea pen which was sort of near Iceland. I believe no, he ended in Iceland. Uh, it's somewhere. It's right, somewhere away. You know where probably from like near where he was uh, where he was captured because he was captured, which is some such archaic, horrible, horrible acts, isn't it? You know, like at the beginning of the movie, he's captured out of the wild. This is this is real. This is what actually happened. You know, I think he was captured when he was like three years old, um, and whales and orcas they stay with their mothers their entire lives like in their pods. so he was assuming his mother was still alive but he was you know ripped from his family and right they put him in a sea pen so it's literally like a netted off like bay so he's in the ocean but it's got like you know the largest amount of space to live in that he's ever had since being in the wild and the trainers have to teach him how to hunt how to hunt fish because he's just been hand fed and all the rest of it and it was very much they were very unsure of how it was going to go whether it was going to take and then they've got the pressure of the world watching because if they could get this right and he could be released and in the wild and successfully you know living with other orcas and uh, accepted back into a pod or whatever then there's a then there's a case to state to release all of the orcas in captivity as well as you know everything else dolphins um i think it's a beluga i think beluga whales they struggle a lot in captivity as well um and seals and sea lions and all the rest of it uh but they've said that keiko was a unfortunately was a a poor candidate for this to, to try this out with because you know he he'd been ill because he'd been in captivity for for so long um and because he'd been he's so reliant on humans you know so anyway eventually they get to the point where they can release him uh, and he can hunt his own fish and all the rest of it and they let him go and he won't go he just wants to stay by the shore with humans because that's all he knows you know it's like humans have become his pod his family so to speak so they actually get to the point where they have to take him for walks like in like a speed boat you know and he'll follow them in the boat and whatever like sort of almost like walking a dog They they try to reintroduce him into you know big pods of of orcas there's even this guy this gives a crazy story this guy that's like you know keiko's trainer and friend and whatever who actually jumps into the water gets on keiko's back and rides him to a pod of like 80 orcas can you imagine this absolutely nuts (laughs) but also i was thinking you know what? Maybe you're the one that's the problem here because you're making him stand out because none of them other 80 walkers has a human on their back, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, none of them are being ridden on. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Uh, funny enough, like, all that, like, brilliant explanation, like, so far. I know you've got more to say, but uh, one thing I really wanted to ask was, you know, can they just re-acclimatise? Or, or, you know, and it's fascinating to see that so much effort and training had to go into you know supporting this you know animal into its natural habitat which is so it just shouldn't have been out of it to begin with you know it's so sad that that that's happened but I guess I, you know it's just one of those things that's that's happened you know attractions you know we eventually evolve and realize that these attractions aren't attractions anymore and it's cruelty and, and things need to be done to stop it and put put them put them back where they belong but where do we where do we kind of draw the line at you know where sort of putting them back becomes the the cruel part because mm. clearly he couldn't cope from the sounds of it i don't know if he got better but you know
1: i'm sure well no ab- ab- <laughs> ab- absolutely i fully agree i mean it's there's a point where Especially like with animals that are born in captivity, they've never even learned, and and, and to other to their uh, parents that have also been born in captivity, you know, there there's instinctual instincts, you know, that that they will have, but it's different to you know being being in the wild, mm. and I I mean I'm fully against captivity. I mean. We we took uh, we took our son to the zoo a few months ago, and even that is like difficult. Um, well, it's difficult in the same way, you know. There's a lion in Hertfordshire. <laughs> like, just just that statement alone. Oh, there's a giraffe in Hertfordshire in the countryside in in England. It's like, no, well, no, there shouldn't be, you know. Um, Paradise Wildlife so, Park is that where you went? no i went to whipsnade no. that one is much worse like there's a snow leopard mm. in like a 10 foot box you know it's sickening i won't go there um at least in whipsnade it's, it is massive you know and sort of spread out um but no it's trash i i i hate it sea world is the worst we'll talk about that when we get to blackfish um but yeah okay so unfortunately uh well okay so he can't integrate back into the pod and they were saying that they that there were people talking about it after the fact of of what ends up happening saying if only they could have found his mother they reckon if they could have found his exact siblings and his his mother etc that it would have been it, it could have worked because uh, as you know from blackfish even pods of orcas have a different dialect of um communicating so you know in the free Willy movies we're getting the sort of whale sounds and everything um like they and the sort of clicking that's been uh taken down and interpreted and it could just be even to different pods have different ways of communicating so if you imagine keiko trying to get in to it's like he it's like he's french and he can only speak french and he's trying to speak to a group of people that can only speak spanish you know it's like the he he can't communicate in the same way you know mm. and uh i don't know if that's a terrible example or not but you know what i mean it's like he he can't he can't get involved and so eventually he did actually go off eventually and he crossed like an entire ocean and every cuz he they had like a tracker on him and all of the trainers and scientists and everyone was like oh my god this is it this could be it he's done it um, but later to find out that he was following a boat and um, and he he came back and got all the way back to like the bay and everything and he had all of like the, he had like rake marks on him and things and the rake marks are from when other orcas have like used their teeth to sort of scratch on him so perhaps he you know be tried to get involved in in a pod or something and you know it hasn't worked out and eventually sadly he just sort of hung around the bays and round the shore and it was he was around iceland uh towards the end of his life and he was malnourished and sort of beginning to you know have famine because he he wasn't eating properly and whatever and like people weren't really helping because they're seeing a whale come up to their like you know boat and kayak and whatever and I'm like oh my god um, but they, they were trying to give him tough love, and the point was you have to ignore him because he needs to go and be a whale you know um, and then eventually he got Umo- uh, pneumonia and died It was really sad, but what they did say was that if he hadn 't if they hadn't if he hadn 't been in the movie, he would have probably died years ago in that original pool that it was in, and the fact that he got to it, experience and live back in the ocean for you know two or three years is you know still they they, you know you can count that as a success but it's very much seen as a a failure unfortunately because he wasn't able to reintegrate and it didn't happen um but you know they tried but yeah still very sad it's so sad and so sad So that's what happened to Keiko in real life. In this movie, uh, I I didn't know for a long time, until I was like maybe 20, shamefully, that there were animatronics involved, especially in the sequels, and obviously we'll talk about that. I was completely fooled, Um, I mean I guess I wasn't thinking about it too much, but they uh, integrate using keiko in the pool and everything and the animatronic really really seamlessly and i guess this is again what we always talk about the fact that animatronics they they hold up because it's actually there and it's been made to look like perfect i mean there is the the infamous shot at the end probably doesn't hold up you know when it actually is cgi when you see willy flopping down but besides that, I think all of the effects hold up. I mean, what did you think of the effects?
2: Yeah, definitely. I like it would be hard to tell the difference between um, real whale to fake whale. Um, but the, there are moments, particularly in the second two, where the jaws don't seem right. When the jaws open and close closing, it do, it doesn't seem right. It does feel very kind of robotic in a way. Um, yeah. But in the in the first one, actually, I. It's not something that you ever really... I don't pick it out. I can't pick it out and go, yeah, you know, that's real, that's not real. It's j- You just sort of go with it. I imagine they wouldn't let um, the lad that played Jesse put his hand inside the whale's mouth.
1: <laughs> I assume so. I don't actually know. There's a docu- There's a little featurette that's the making of, of the second one. And in the second and third one, there is no real whales ever. Like, it's, it's all animatronics. There's oh, no... Wow apart from they have some like wildlife shots that they sort of cut to every now and again that but besides any time where an actor is near a whale or anything none of it's all animatronic and I actually had an argument with a girl about this when I was working at the summer camp and she told me this and I was like no you're wrong I was (laughs) like there are whales in there and she's like no they're all animatronic I was like no you no 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 I was like gonna throw a tantrum Turns out she was right, so I'm really sorry about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You'll have to find but her that... just to let her know that she was correct all this time.
1: <laughs> I'll just send one sentence. Animatronic whales. That was just <laughs> two words. That's it. But let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about the storyline. So we've got Jesse, who's being played by Jason James Richter, who was picked he, out of the audition process, there were 4,000 kids Jesus. for Jesse's role, and he won that. And was paid reportedly how much?
2: A million dollars?
1: Half a million, because oh. they, he got to double his fee for the second one. Oh, wow. And then I assume he probably got another million for the third one because you're not going to go down, are you? <laughs> <Go on. laughs> I'm not going to take less money. <laughs> but give it, give us a, give us a Dom synopsis.
2: Well, um, the film starts off with this young lad called Jesse, who is a little bit troubled, um, and he. you know eventually becomes our main protagonist but the reason he's troubled is that he's kind of living on the streets of Seattle he's fallen in with this crowd his mum has kind of abandoned him i guessing she's had lots of troubles in her life and he's now kicking about Seattle on his own and he's doing all he can to kind of strangely like make ends meet you know, he he convinces someone to give him money for the bus. Um, you know, says, "Oh, my mom's left me without any money. Can I can I borrow like ten dollars or whatever it is, and or five dollars?" And this lady gives it to him, and you see his friend, who's also you, you know not as successful as he is in, in terms of like swindling people out of money. But, <laughs> but all, all all this like little group, they they just kind of like um, they, they're, they're just, lost boys from yeah. They're, they're kind of lost boys. They're like you know aladdin they're just trying to make ends meet aren't they and they just want to eat stealing bread yeah Yeah. instead of a monkey friend he's got a whale you know it's just different they steal a pizza and you know they go running off and stuff and they eventually end up getting chased by the police um and this leads to him and his little friend i can't remember what his friend's name is perry perry him and perry hiding behind this this fence two panels open up they hide behind this fence and uh, the police kind of drive off and uh, and they kind of get away with... They think they've got away with it for now. And they end up in, you know, this... I guess kind of... It feels like an abandoned, like, kind of park, doesn't it, really? It's just sort of... How would you explain it? How would you describe yeah, it? Yeah, it's like kind of like... Center? the centre.
1: It's like they've entered the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles' lair, but they don't really know, you know? But then unbeknown to them as they're spray painting on a window there's keiko
2: yeah and i had forgotten this moment as well and i thought oh it's really dark in the water i know we're gonna see willy in a minute but when does that happen i wasn't sure and obviously they're spray painting so they're doing a bit of vandalism and the kid with the red paint has kind of buggered off he's he's got a bit further up and he's still (laughs) using his yellow paint can painting on doors and stuff and then all of a sudden there's a flash of lightning because it's seattle it just like continuously rains right yeah and uh he then sees this kind of like it looks like this smiley whale like looking at him um while he's you know doing his spray painting it kind of freaks him out and he's like what the hell was that and then he's going around and he you know continues to to sort of spray but he sort of runs off to find his friend as well and he's a bit scared M- meanwhile while they're all doing this that an alarm has triggered and whilst this alarm has triggered um the, the main man randolph is is out there
1: oh can we just i mean can we take a moment for randolph i mean is he <laughs> the hero of the trilogy i mean he's gotta be he's gotta be absolutely gotta be um, super sonic's hat
2: he's a legend and uh he's um kind of notifies the police the police get called and the police catch them and then he he's kind of thrown into the system then isn't he you know we've got Bubba gump who's you know sorting him out and uh, basically and conair and like, he's from common air basically like his parole officer isn't he but i'm guessing he works for sort of child <laughs> protective services or something like that and he finds him a home with uh michael madsen who's you know uh eventually gonna chop him up with a samurai sword
1: from kill bill or something like that or cut his ear off from yeah Um, wait hang on can i just say on that point do you know that um this movie is the reason that michael madsen wasn't vincent vega in pulp fiction so michael madsen was the first choice to play john travolta's role in pulp fiction but he was already in contract and scheduled for free willy so if he hadn't done Free Willy, he would have been a pulp fiction.
2: Do you think he missed out on that? Do you think he was disappointed with that?
1: I mean, I don't know because I'd have to I ask him. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know because he, uh, he had said about Reservoir Dogs that he was uncomfortable with the violence, like he didn't want to do the ear cutting scene uh, because he's actually very uh anti-violence you know it's very he's very against his nature oh, wow. so i mean the fact that this i mean this was a hit like i, I don't know the box office but i'm gonna put, i'd put good money that free Willy made more money at the box office than pulp fiction do you think i mean just more in that so there's such a wider audience for free Willy, where pulp fiction which you know is also one of my favorite films it's on the shelf somewhere uh, but you know it's very much an 18 plus audience right and they were also going to do they were plans to do the vega brothers movie where it would be uh john travolta and michael madsen together as the vega brothers but yeah i mean do you think michael madsen would have been as good as john travolta in that role
2: Probably not You know Michael Madsen's got this Sort of sullen way about him Hasn't he He's very quiet And he can kind of say Three words And that's his scene You know Even though the scene (laughs) Even though the scene Is like 20 minutes long He's only said three things And he's just like How has he managed to get through This entire scene And he's barely said anything And that happens a lot In this film in particular You know He's normally calling Jesse A bit of a bell end, And that's about it (laughs) Um, But Yeah I don't I don't think he would have Improved on Travolta's Vincent Vega. I, I also think that initial box office probably would have been higher for th- Free Willy, but overall takings, Pulp Fiction must be higher.
1: Well, that's Free Willy box office was, do you want to guess? 10 million? 153.6 million. <laughs> uh, and let's see, what was Pulp Fiction? pulp fiction box office was oh no 213 million i stand corrected so pulp fiction bigger box office <laughs> i mean that's that's fair i guess i was thinking that you know kids would uh would drive that up but yeah there you go fair enough
0: save those whales <laughs>
1: yeah um so, yeah, so where do we go from here? This is where we're now we're introduced to, oh, you said Michael Madsen. Well, Jesse and, gets uh, placed with,
2: with yeah, with, with what's it, Glenn? Glenn and Annie? Glenn and Annie, yeah. Um, who are, I assume, foster carers, foster parents. And they take him in, and they're, they're trying to make him feel really welcome, like they do. And actually, you can see that Jesse is really troubled. He's not used to having anyone looking after him. Uh, he can't trust them. He finds it very difficult to follow the rules that they're kind of setting down. And the rules are very simple. It's, you know, make sure you're um, in at seven, bed by ten kind of thing. And then that's it. The rest, you just got to let us know where you are or where you're going. And that's kind of it. That's all they expect. They're not really expecting much more than that. And then it's kind of like, let's try and be friends and throw a ball about. They got my present. They got new clothes and all sorts. But Part of all of this is some, you know, a little bit of punishment, kind of like community service rehabilitation for Jesse, where he has to go and clean all of the graffiti that he sprayed and his friends bait, sprayed across the, the tank and the indoor kind of observation centre bit yeah. of the water water park, right?
1: Fair enough. More than fair.
2: Too right. Where's Perry?
0: <laughs> Get
2: Perry. Right, Yeah. He didn't yeah. want to do- dubbing his friend though, you know. Sti- snitches get stitches and
1: all. So. Yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> but and but the spray paint was coming off really easy.
2: I thought that as well when it's but but only on the glass. You I I understand that on the glass. But when he's scrubbing that wall, there's not a lot coming off because he has to repaint the wall, doesn't he? Mm,
1: yeah. Well, so he, he like should have joke. had to. Blew. He should have had to pay for that paint as well if he's repainting. He should have had to pay. Randolph doesn't need to be paying for that paint.
2: No. Randolph's not happy about this. And the guy that owns the place is oh, a bit God. of a, a douchebag, isn't he? Totally. Yeah,
1: he plays the villain in everything that he's in. Oh, he's in uh, Storm Ship Troopers, one of your dad's favourites.
2: Yeah, yeah. Him him against the aliens. I found it really weird seeing him with hair. <laughs> I'm not used to seeing him with that much hair. It was quite w- weird. <laughs> so strange.
1: He's so good. The Woody Show. It'll make money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh... And he just sees all the people in the audience. Anyway, as things go on, Jesse develops an unusual friendship with Willie the Whale. Uh, we find that the Willy, Willie actually has a bit of a temper, doesn't get on with the other trainers, kind of won't, you know, I guess conform to their way and, and doesn't listen to their instruction and can be quite difficult and, and it's like he's a little bit un, untrusted as well. And he splashes people as they're walking past.
1: Yes, he does. I mean, it was only on this watch that, um, you know, uh, maybe I'm simple, potentially simple Simon. Um, but it was only on this watch that I was like, oh, of course, there's, there's symmetry between Willie and Jesse. Uh, they both act out. They're both... Uh, abandoned from their mothers well obviously not willie he was taken from his mother but you know they're both uh yearning for for their family they're both feel trapped they both got the this angst so they have that symmetry and connection and i actually thought that's pretty good writing you know that they wrote that in with him am i, am I giving it too much credit you think that's basic i thought it was quite good uh
2: i mean yeah it's, it's kind of like the the reason they get on so well wasn't it? they're like kindred spirits that's kind of the point of it i think that's why Um, Jesse is the only one that Willie will listen to because he's just like, well, this is my human counterpart and I like him. And yeah, I guess it's giving, uh, the whale that extra sense of understanding, isn't it? And kind of almost a bit of human nature. There's, there's almost a bit of, you know, or giving Jesse whale nature, you know, and this is, it's it's, it's, it's just making it a bit more that they have a. a a bond that has been forged by their kind of their resistance and their you know to to everyone else because they have been Mm. in a situation where they're essentially orphaned aren't they
1: yeah and and like obviously i I always knew that they're yeah they're kindred spirits and they're bonded but i just don't i never really connected the mothers you know that oh okay that's why jesse's mum's not around you know it's kind of connected there i mean uh, could this be uh could i could i give you a quick a quick story connected with this for free willie for something that i did as a child because of this movie please do so how old did we say we were six seven around this age i went to my mother and i said that this is what i want to do i want to I don't know how I would have explained it, but I said that I want this. I want this with an animal. You know, I want to, I want to have a whale, basically. (laughs) Um, So my mum, being a great sport and a great mum, she uh, adopts a chimpanzee for me, right? At Whipsnade, at Whipsnade Zoo. And... You get through, did you ever do this as a kid where you'd like adopt an animal and they send you a pack, right? They sent me through this pack and it said, you know, this is, I don't know, Steve, the chimpanzee, right? And and this is what Steve, Steve. does in the, in, in the daytime and this is what Steve eats and this is what Steve likes and every couple of months they send you a new picture of Steve and whatever and I remember I had this, like, it was like a proper photograph that they'd sent of Steve. I'm calling him Steve, I can't remember his name. <laughs> And I was like, and I was taking it very serious because I wanted to be Jesse and Free Willie, So I was like, this is Steve. I used to like sleep with it, like near my bed and everything. Like this is me and Steve, me and Steve forever. And eventually it got time to go and visit Steve at the zoo. My parents were going to take me and I was going to see Steve, right? And I thought I was imagining it. I'm going to get there. I'm going to see Steve. Steve's going to see me. And, you know, he's going to start only connecting to me like he will only communicate with me and I'll stay there all day, you know, by his enclosure. And, you know, eventually we'll find a way and I'll free Steve and Steve and I will go off and be together. I don't know, be together, not be together, but we'll be (laughs) off and be friends and I'll free him and he'll go and live his life. Right. So I get we we get to the zoo. And it must have been half term or summer or a Saturday or something because it was so busy. There were just kids everywhere. But none of these kids are important to me. I'm the only important kid here because I'm here to see Steve. So I get to the chimpanzee bit, like the enclosure, and there's just a sea of kids. (laughs) And I decide to stand on this like a little, like, Whole bullard thing, like a uh, that I sort of like a fence, and I sort of st- pull myself up so I'm higher than all of these kids, so I can look over and see Steve. And then for some reason, I'd always envision this moment in my head that I would use my top teeth to bite on my bottom lip like this, right? And <laughs> because I thought that's what cool, that's, that's what I would do. That's like kind of like a Jesse, like a cool thing. I bite my lip. And I looked for Steve, <laughs> and I remember just biting my lip. Just looking around for Steve. <laughs> and I'm just thinking now, what does my mum thinking is happening? I've just <laughs> pulled myself up, I'm lip biting and trying to find a chimpanzee. And eventually we could see him, and he was just sat in the corner. And we probably watched him for a few minutes and then just went on about our day. There was no connection. He didn't even see me. I was probably a few kids back and I was up there biting my lip by a tree. I mean, it just, it didn't connect, but I gave it a go.
2: <laughs> you tried. You tried to connect with uh, with Steve and I guess he was having an off day. Maybe if he was a bit more on his game, maybe if he was like lip biting looking for you, yeah. it w- it would have been, it would have been, you know, a match made in heaven.
1: Meet but, me halfway, Steve.
2: Steve, come on. Pull your finger out, mate. Stop throwing shit at the other guests. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right? But but this this is the impact that movies had and they still have on me. Like I I, I watched Mighty Ducks Religiously, I went and did ice skating lessons. You know, like I like I it's more than movies to me it's like it's i want to get lost within that like i've always seen it as it's it's a reality that can come true you know that movie magic it's like i believe that this can happen and it can happen to me and and that's kind of why i love movies so much you know Cause, yeah cause,
2: whisked away into a into a world where you, of possibility i suppose yeah. you think this is this is definitely something that could happen so i, I want that i want that to happen because it's quite magical you know, and that's the point, I suppose.
1: Did you ever have you ever found yourself lost in the magic of of movies like that when you were a kid? Or... <laughs> of Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah, you're out there. It was filmed around the corner. You could be in mm. their fields.
2: Yeah, I, I guess so. I I I can't sort of like pinpoint one right now where I thought that film's really made me feel a certain way, and I feel connected to it. Uh, and this is what I want to go and kind of live and breathe kind of what they were doing in the film because it's special. I, I, there are films like that that have done that for me, but I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. It, it'll be one of those that will come across it and I'll go, oh, my God, this film like changed my life at one point, you know, really made me think I could, you know, go and do this and go and do that. Um, but yeah, I can't think of it at the minute.
1: But wait, when you remember one of those movies, we have to cover it. Because I think that's kind of what we're doing here. It's like we're ticking off movies that have importance. I mean, I, Titanic was a fun one to cover. It wasn't like a particularly one that was particularly special to either one of us, but it was one that was a predominant movie during our childhood. But that's kind of what we need to do. So when you when you do think of one of one, then we definitely have to do that.
2: Okay, I'll have a think. I'll scroll yeah. through the uh the uh nineties films of that we would have liked and see which one stands out the most to me.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well yeah, it's a, like you said, they they they're connecting. We were introduced to uh Is it Lor is it Laurie Petty? Laura Pay, Laurie Petty, it's L O R I. It's Laurie Petty. Laurie, yeah. Yeah. Who's um She's got a fabulous voice. It's very uh, d- uh, distinct. And did you ever see her in Orange is the New Black?
2: Yeah, yeah. She's got a bit older as well. Her voice has got more like that, hasn't it? You know, it's even more sort of a bit squeaky, like screechy kind of voice, but very distinct voice. And she's actually in an episode of Star Trek Voyager as well, I'd like to point out. Uh, nice. But yeah, I remember, yeah, in, uh, in Orange is the New Black. I'd actually forgotten she was in this film. I'd forgotten all about her. I remembered... Like Randolph and I'd obviously Jesse, um, and you know Willie, but I'd kind of forgotten that that there was this kind of third element. Yeah, I'd also forgot. I knew that he was like fostered, but I'd forgotten that Michael Madsen was the was the foster dad. So when he appeared, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, <laughs> he's Glenn." <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. Michael
1: Madsen plays it really well because he plays. It's a good balance between him and Annie. Like Annie's very sort of soft and uh you know, amenable and etc. And etc. Et mumsy, right? In mm. like a lovely way. And uh Glenn, who's also very supportive and lovely, but he's kind of a bit of a, a bit of a man's man, a bit more uh tough guy. You- yeah like even when he's like they're playing with the baseball and he's like you know i've always been a bit more of a rule breaker than a rule maker so you tell me some rules and jesse sort of says here oh, you have to give me an allowance he's like okay it's five bucks and he's like okay now here are the rules you need to be in by 10 you need to you know all the rest of it like you said um yeah i thought he was great but yeah laurie petty uh she's also great and she does a lot of she's sort of teaching him about about willy and but what's great about it is the movie is also by association teaching us as an audience you know the fact that his dorsal fins collapsed over uh the fact that uh you know you know what he's eating and, and that captivity is bad and each one of these three movies has a great uh moral and point to it the first movie captivity is wrong the end you know there's not really much else you can say about that unless it's literally the animal is going to die in nature and you're going to rehabilitate and then release fine i mean there's probably even an argument for that to say that that's actually nature's course and you shouldn't do that unless it's been human made you know there's been an oil spill that that or something like that and therefore humans created this issue so should fix the issue and then re-release you know but besides that I film number no, two definitely <laughs> <laughs> moves on right so film number two is that we've got yeah exactly that we've got oil spills and but even within that you've got uh business people then trying to capitalize and and capture these whales and put them back into captivity for money and then the third movie you got whaling you know people mm-hmm. literally killing whales and uh selling them for for meat so they all actually have and of issues that go with wild whales they've got to be the three main ones right is uh being captured for captivity environmental issues um that are human made and uh wailing
2: just killing them yeah unnecessarily.
1: yeah so i mean they they are covering serious topics and uh like you said they're uh humanizing willie into a way of that he's got a personality and he's reacting in, in different ways etc and this kind of movie instilled in me that that's how all animals are like we just said before this i kissed my laptop because i knocked into it right um i've kind of always felt that kind of way about everything uh in in my life and particularly about animals um i'm vegetarian but uh a big part of that is because well it's because i wouldn't want i don't want harm to happen to animals for these exact reasons i feel like they have emotions and feelings and families and all the rest of it i mean i know it could go deeper because i'm not vegan um and if i think about it too deep then i feel like i have to be vegan (laughs) i just like pizza so
0: much dom (laughs) cheese
1: That's literally all it is. I have almond milk. I don't have actual milk, you know. It's literally just cheese, really. And chocolate. Cheese and chocolate. When are they going to get that right? <laughs>
2: Come on, vegans. Come on, vegan creators. Get get cheese and chocolate right, and Simon can move on. <laughs> uh,
1: have you tried the new McPlant, the vegan McDonald's burger?
2: No, I haven't been to McDonald's since, like, November. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay, that's, good. <laughs> that's that's not that long. Off what are you going to say since like twenty nineteen or something?
2: It's probably be- it's probably before November. But if you think like McDonald's is so like you get it delivered now, it's crazy, isn't yeah. it? But yeah, yeah. So I've not actually I've not been for it's quite a while. <laughs>
1: you should tr- you should yeah no, that is that is a long time. Uh, you should give it a try though. It's, I feel like it's fairly indistinguishable from like it's like a quarter pounder basically but it's quite indistinguishable. I mean, but also I'm not the best point of reference for that because I haven't had a burger like that in like 12 years. So <laughs> what, what is your McDonald's order?
2: Uh, yeah, probably a quarter pounder of a cheese. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> if it sucks, then order a regular quarter pounder and I'll reimburse you for that. Throw
2: it back through the window. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, where do we go from here? They we uh, we get the Willie Show, right? The,
2: yes. So, the the Willie Show is a money making scheme, I really. Like, so Jess, Jesse, well, Jesse has proved that he could train Willie, you know, and get Willie to do a certain amount of you know maneuvers in the pool and, and make it fun and entertaining. And he does this as a demo for the guy that owns the the park and his little assistant, little weirdo. And it doesn't. It goes really, really well. So they sell loads of tickets to the Willie show. This is going to be amazing. And um, all sorts of things are happening, all sorts of things. And they they put it down to stage fright. But we know that it's the noise of the crowd that's really, like, shaking Willie and the banging on the glass. I hate this scene. I hate it. I want to go down there and smash all the, the kids up. They are really yeah. up, it's really upsetting, and that teacher is the most ineffectual piece of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> she just keeps tapping the same kid on the shoulder. It's just like it's like they filmed it once and they just kept playing that same bit on loop. It's just like, like fucking sort them out. Yeah, stop bang, stop banging on the fucking glass. You just scream at him, wouldn't you? Stop banging on the fucking glass. Just or stop you know, it. Like
1: in Cobra Kai, when he's like, "Quiet." you know yeah what it is it's crazy because how can there be adults down there and they don't understand that this would be you know tormenting or traumatic traumatic for the for the whale literally just bashing on the on the glass so this
2: this prevents uh willie from being able to perform you know um and Jesse feels a little bit embarrassed and a, a bit upset by it. Um, but in a weird way, it's like the clapping's affecting him as well. It's quite strange. It's like that, that sort of psychic connection between them. He, he kind of senses it as well.
1: Like E.T. and the plant.
2: Exactly. And Elliot. They just know. They're just there, aren't they? They're there. I got you, man. Um, so the guy that owns the park decides that he needs to cash in. On Willie, he's got a mega insurance policy out on him that's worth about a million Mm dollars.
1: Well, yes, uh, but from the uh, Willie, Willie has a go. He has a go at some of the kids, right? Through the glass. (laughs) He has a little bash. He he lets them know, um, and that causes one of the screws to come loose and some water is coming out. And then, like you said, the evil uh, owner decides that this is an idea where they could make that worse and the tank can collapse and kill the whale kill Willie, which is horrific mm. die in flames owner of the park and your friend yep um, yeah so they actually make it worse like they get a welder down there to like you know loosen it right
2: yeah, so it's like using his cutting torch to cut into the metal and cut into the bolts and stuff so that eventually they it will just collapse the tank and all the water all like kind of run out and run through and Willie will be left in, in like nothing just left to die. And and making it they they're making it look like an accident so that they can claim on the insurance. Um and it, Jesse sees this happening. So Jesse does these like late night visits to see him and, and kind of understand. I think at this point, because of his embarrassment and stuff, he's decided he's going to leave. He doesn't, you know, he, he he kind of thinks he can't live that down. He needs to get away and he's there to say goodbye to Willie, isn't he? He's just kind of, mm-hmm. I'm I'm done with this now. I've got to get away from here. I'm off. And Willie's... Um...
1: Sorry, go on. Communicating with his family as well. Like Jesse sees that... Willie is doing the
0: noise. You know, that's pretty
2: good. We just went on
1: for so long. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I've picked up Walker. You picked up Whale. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. and um, I. Like his family are literally waiting for him. I mean, this is a bit this you know is a little bit surreal, you know, as in uh that that would be happening, but we don't care it's nineteen ninety three we're letting it happen <laughs> um, and we want it to happen but uh but also, can I just take a moment to talk about Randolph because there's the moments here where Randolph is uh his native American and he is uh telling jesse about the the importance of orca whales to uh native americans i don't know if it's all native americans or you know certain areas or, or tribes if that's the if that's the correct terminology but um he tells him he shows him the sort of like the talisman the uh the little model of the orca now that and i'm so sad i'm so upset i'm so upset that prop that actual prop of that whale uh was on ebay uh literally like about six months before i started sort of prop collecting i don't know if i can i call it prop collecting i feel like to collect you have to get a set i don't know but being interested (laughs) in buying things like that you know um and i don't think it went for that much money like it maybe went for like two hundred dollars or something which i definitely would have just done you know um and yeah gone uh no, you there's a way of you can there's this long story short there's a website called worth point where you can see where things were auctioned and it tells you like where it was sold and how much for and whatever but it doesn't tell you like who it was sold to but there's like a record of this stuff and i was so sad that i missed out on that because that'd be an amazing little thing to have like just up here on a shelf or something
2: that that would be an awesome prop having that like literally that would be amazing or his little necklace
1: we'll talk about the necklace <laughs> in freeway too but um but we, we also get the we get the story about uh, was it an anoxy anoxy maroon, maroon? I can't remember specifically but the we get the the story about you know a uh, like etched a, a log and it rose to the bottom went sunk to the bottom and up came like an orca or whale and, and sort of took him to safety now in in a, a whale called a whale called luna the documentary i told you about earlier so this takes place in the sam Juan islands which is where free Willy two is filmed and set which is the islands where i went to camp um which nice. we'll talk about so it's like literally that those islands i was actually that's where i was and so it's very special to me and and crazy but anyway the so the whale was uh staying or uh, got separated from its pod it was hanging around the the shores and becoming uh connected to people and sea world were trying to capture the whale to put it into captivity saying that it's for luna the whale's uh, best interest to protect it is that we need to capture it now, of course, we know from like blackfish and all the rest of it that actually, and from this movie that orcas are worth like millions uh you know to put into captivity, so they were just trying to coin in uh and then you also had i think it was like the Washington something or other um they were trying to do i can't remember exactly they were trying to do something with the whale as well um and then you had um local Native Americans where orcas i think they're they can be seen as having the spirits of uh like passed away ancestors in and sort of seen as kind of like spiritual animals so they uh they go out on uh like rowboats and literally get the uh luna to follow them uh to safety to be evading like sea world and these other people that are literally trying to capture the whale which is phenomenal like uh you know and and they managed to do it successfully but um it was interesting that they were bringing this into the movie that uh like i it it i i liked it but then i thought is any of it is any of it problematic um that is kind of uh you know like like a trope that they're sort of using it with the oh here's the our protagonist, you know, white boy that is uh being uh being sort of taught this culture and everything and kind of, you know, using it himself and, and all the rest of it. I mean I don't feel that way. I feel like it's being uh done with like the best intention and Randolph is one of my favourite characters and I think that he works as a great guide for Jesse um and uh helping him deepen his connection to willy uh but i could see how you could potentially see it with through problematic eyes uh what was what your opinion
2: yeah it's it's difficult to say what is and isn't anymore isn't it as well because some people might find certain things offensive and others won't you know from my perspective i, I can't find it offensive because i'm not from that culture uh, you, you know, and, and so it's it's not a culture that I'm overly familiar with or, or you know, have the the sort of emotional attachment to because, it, you know, I'm not from it. I'd love it if someone who was from that culture could say, actually, you, you know, this is how we feel about it or this you know, how they feel about it. But uh, I think there's moments of, you, you know, doing it justice. I'm guessing the actor in real life is you know native
1: american i'm not yeah i'm not sure of some sort. i mean yeah i yeah i mean i agree with what you're saying i mean you can't you can't be offended on behalf you know even if it's not at you but i, I get what yeah, you're yeah, saying in that we don't really have a, Native American culture and history is not something that is very familiar here or like taught in our schools. Really, Yeah. Like such, so focused on sort of British history.
2: Sorry. I might, I might have like not quite explained myself properly that I, d- I didn't mean that I can't be offended by something because I'm, I'm not that, you, you know, that, that wasn't necessarily what I meant, even though I said those words, I meant that, yeah, it, it's a, it's a part of, in terms of how this film was put together and how Randolph is portrayed. Uh, And how he comes across and all his explanation, because throughout the film, he's trying to explain to uh, Jesse the kind of um, his emotional connection to it through the the, the stories that he has, which Mm. are from his culture. And, you know, I I find it difficult to be offended by that because I'm not part of uh, of that culture. He, He might be getting so much of that wrong and massively like misinterpreting it or you know whoever wrote yeah. it as as right, right, right put it yeah. put it together badly but because i'm so like unfamiliar with it i guess i i see it as him trying to guide jesse who is you know becoming kind of one with this animal he's got like kind of like his sort of spirit animal isn't it and and his kindred spirit like we said before so i i kind of see it for that not for any potential offense
1: yeah, yeah, and I I fully agree with you. I think the intention of the character is all positive, and it's none of it is meant to to have any kind of negative effect. And then again, like you said, i I can't judge whether it is in poor taste or is negative because I don't know enough about it. But it mm. de- it doesn't come across that way to me. But if uh if that is the case, then please let us know because we'd be interested to be educated to to know about these things um i think the actor does a wonderful job and i love him i particularly love him in the sequels as well i think his character develops really well um but yeah we're kind of at the final sort of 20 minutes here because once the tank is starting to to go it's all systems go to to get willie onto a trailer and get him out right And, and go and free him in the ocean i love (laughs) of <laughs> Rand- Randolph's uh, feeling of, oh, I never liked this job anyway. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, it's
2: just kind of yeah. Okay, let's get him out of here. The guy I work was an asshole, so we need to yeah. Let's let's save this well because actually, you know, they've tried to do harm to a, to this creature, and these guys, you know, know that that's wrong. So they're they're trying to do their best to preserve life and save you know Willie, and get him out of the tank and get him into you know any sort of habitat you know and not necessarily just his natural one but you know this this whale very much relies on being in water so let's 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 get him in some water and um yeah what a what a, lo- what a great moment like kind of special moment that it's Jesse that's, like, saying, come on, you know, we can do this. And Randolph's like, yeah, great. And then it's kind of like, yeah, absolutely, I fucking hate this job. Let's get on with it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and uh, I feel like
1: you've got some Randolph in you. That would be a very <laughs> common thing. Oh, fuck it, I hate this job anyway. Let's go. Okay. Let's <laughs> just, yeah, let's get him out of here. Let's get on with it.
2: Um, let's save a life today. Well, and, and they, and they, they do, take a bit. Right? It takes a bit of convincing for... Laurie's character when she appears it's a little bit convincing she's like mm, she seems a bit unsure about things but you know she she gets with the program in the end
1: uh, i think uh jason james richter who's playing jesse he does a really good job in in these parts i think mean, he's good throughout the film but uh of conveying the emotion you know and the heartache and i i like you know, uh well they're keeping him they're keeping him uh wet they steal glenn's pickup truck right mm. uh and but then they get to a point where they're on like a back road and it's start the trailer starting to slide down the hill with a whale on it um and again the animatronic here is really good and like you said i mean i know it's like a, it's obviously a large animal to be recreating and they're sort of solid colors you know it's black and you've got the white spots and whatever so it's probably one of the easier you know if you're doing it with like a cheater or something you know it's a lot more intricate details uh, but still I think it's done really well
0: hmm.
1: and Glenn, they end up calling Glenn because you know they need help and this was a good moment of where Jesse's having to convince Glenn you know to do it, to help did you think?
2: Yeah uh, it's 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 always like throughout the whole thing he's kind of like, What do you want from me, Jesse? Like, what do you want? What are you expecting from me? And the whole time Jesse's kind of resisting, isn't he? That he was resisting the fact that these two people want to care for him. And he all he cares about is his mum, who has essentially abandoned him and he doesn't really know. Um and he it's just like, What what do you think I'm gonna do to you? And, and I think this whole abandonment issue is is the problem. He thinks that you know, after a few weeks, they'll get bored of him and they'll send him on his merry way again, you know. And, and that's, that's the biggest issue. And, and I think all Glenn has ever tried to get through to him from when they first meet is, no, I'm here to take care of you. I'm here to look after you. I'm not here to do anything, you know, negative towards you. And then it becomes a moment of, ah, okay, so what I'm trying to do for Willie, you're trying to do for me. You're trying to like kind of set me up and keep me safe and, you know, make sure I'm happy and in, a, in the right environment. And, it, and and then it, it sort of clicks at this point, doesn't it? And he really appreciates the fact that Glenn has this choice of help or don't help. And he makes he makes the right choice, of course, and he helps and he's, you know, has a, there's this great moment where he's like, okay, behind the seat is this chain and something else. And Randall's like, ah, behind the seat, the one place we didn't look. <laughs> it's just like a fantastic moment. I was like, oh, that's excellent. Um, and he, you know, manages to pull the truck out from this, kind of slipping mud road that you know is taking taking Willie in the truck with it unfortunately and um yeah gets them out of there backs the truck up and they have to find another way to get him to the sea to 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 the water
1: but first they take him for a car wash
2: yeah they need to they need to wet in the whale <laughs>
1: and the and old they... around the best background character one line or less is obviously a guy that's like Nice whale. <laughs>
2: yeah. Or um, as when Glenn kind of says, hey, have you seen, has anyone reported a stolen truck or whatever? And he's like, oh, what, your truck? Yeah. And, and then he, the guy goes, oh, is it your whale too? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, whale? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's brilliant. And they're great. So that, that's what we don't get anymore is these family movies that are very serious with uh, these this great score, but then with these little comedy moments as well but that doesn't that isn't slapstick and doesn't sort of bring you out of the film like they do not exist anymore dom i think we have to make one i think this is what our calling is we need to make a 90s movie today yeah people (laughs) let's do it i'm up for it it could be about steve
2: oh steve the chimp was he a chimp oh yeah oh yeah biting his lip ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> looking for steve
1: and <laughs> <laughs> bite it off um and then we get to the point of they're they're down at like the bay or the you know the entry and here's all of the douchebags here's the the owner of the sea park and his sort of henchmen and they're stood cross armed in front of the gate that's like locked and whatever end of the road is it, it went- though dom it if went Michael from. Michael Madsen's behind the wheel. Yeah,
2: it went from night to day very quickly, didn't it? All it's of a sudden, like a driven night. a long, driven a long way with a whale on the back. Um, and yeah, they're they're standing in front of this gate. They won't move. But Michael Madsen, he gives no shits. He's going to drive through you, and he does. He drives through it. Drives through the the, the fence, the gate, spins the the truck round, and reverses the trailer with the whale into the
1: water and he has firstly it's such a great move secondly i'd i'd be really scared if i was doing it that for some reason the the gate wasn't going to bust open you know that it would just you just stop there <laughs> willie's like flying off the back but um, but the and then he, as he reverses it in there's a great moment of where he opens the door and all the water's in his truck and he just sort of looks at it you know like my truck you know yeah. he's sort a of guy that loves his truck but and then we have henchmen just trying to beat up kids and whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah,
2: yeah. They literally pile into the water. They're grabbing uh, Jesse and like they're throwing each other about. I think um, Glenn punches one of them. Well, like li- literally, like frozen, frozen down. And
1: but of course, he says, "Get off of my boy!" Smack, you know, smash, to, you know. And then Willie starts to get away, but. They, they they pull the nets across.
2: Yeah, so boats appear with their big nets.
1: And they Try pull to, them across.
2: And they pull them across. They're trying to catch him. And Jesse sees it. Jesse sees that wall. He sees the opportunity. And he goes running.
1: But there's more than that. You know, he goes to the wall. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Willie comes over. And he sort of has to talk him through it. And tears in the eyes like you know you have to do it you've got to you've got to be free this is your only opportunity and uh he gives him the signal (laughs) arm goes up this is what i was going to do to steve and then he was going to do stuff but it does arm goes up (laughs) and then would he go to take a run up and this is where the score is so perfect and when i was saying like the diegetic sound over the top when you've got like um laurie petty saying to randolph you know has has he ever jumped that high before and randolph saying things can happen, you know, and it's like the music's... I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about it. I'm not even joking. I've got no t-shirt on. I can feel it on my on my inside of my hoodie right now. Um, <laughs> and it's like the music's, you know, flaring up. And then we get the And Jesse's doing like the best eye acting, because it's just on his eyes, and it's like, on the Iasis. it's like, widened. Sanana, And And then... That. up he goes and you can see obviously they're using part of the animatronic way they must have it on like some sort of crane or something as it's going over his head because it looks really realistic the first bit and then but then as we get to the other side we're a little bit playstation 2 graphics as he goes <laughs> into the water but well, we forgive it don't we i mean 99 of course
2: of course yeah and it, it's it's an iconic moment like you said this is when you think of a film and you think of that Exact bit don't you there's there's no other bit to that that really stands out other than than that moment really um and it's yeah, it's great, I always think, oh, just duck under the tail as it's coming over, just duck a bit jesse yes. you don't want to get you don't want to get caught by that because you are fucked if that hits you in the head <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: well, and uh you know it's lucky as well, you know that Jesse was confident of the depth of the other side you know and yeah it's just a car park on the other side. <laughs> Jesus. It, it could have been shallow i mean i actually saw a video on youtube of someone that was at the filming location and you could see like those those bits of rocks and all that sort of stuff um the sort of thing that i would want to do to go and see but and then that's kind of it you know and and it whitties off and and then a bit that i didn't even notice until this time is at the end when the michael jackson song um kicks in uh will you be there which is and one of my favorite songs of all time love that song but uh, and we're seeing the orcas in the wild they actually cgi'd in um a flopped over dorsal fin on one of them to show that it's like Keiko or so Willie within it's within his pod. Did you notice?
2: Uh, I'd, I'd seen the flopped over fin, but I didn't notice that it was CGI. Like I, I, hadn't, I, had... I hadn't really paid any attention to that. I just noticed that there was, I thought, oh, okay, that's Willie back with his family. Great. That's kind of what, what went through my head.
1: Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful touch. Uh, i think that's a, that's great it's like yeah there you go he's in um and there we have it that's the first one the other two will be easier that will be much will be quicker to talk about because we've established everything here but uh what were your thoughts on the first free willy you know what who would you give your top performer to who's your favorite character and what would you give it out to him subjectively and objectively
2: um, I really liked watching it again. It brought back a lot of memories of, of like, just childhood in general, but I'm uh, watching the film. I also re- have a real disliking of Jesse. Like, as, I, I think he's a right little shit, and I just want him to accept Glenn and, <laughs> and that, and just accept the fact that Glenn and his wife, are, what's her name? Anna.
1: Annie.
2: Annie. I uh, like. They have to look after him and try and help him out, and the same for
1: I can't remember his Dwight. name. You, the social worker, yes,
2: Dwight, because <laughs> he calls him because Glenn calls him Dwight, which is what Jim calls Dwight in the office, calls Dwight him Dwight, Street, yeah, but everyone else calls him Dwight because it's Dwight, um, but yeah, Dwight, and um. Just be a bit more accepting of these people that are trying to help you. But I, I I understand it. I understand he's kind of been on his own for so long. He's lived on the streets on his own for so long. And it, it's it's difficult for him to, to trust, a, a, I guess, a grown-up and an adult. But he is just like a... I, I really struggle to kind of watch him. But that's what made him a, a great character. And then you see his development and how he changes. And, and that's that's the point of the story. It's, this, it's almost like a coming-of-age, growing-up kind of tale... And this connection with this, this, this you know, animal there should be a wild animal and, uh, and how he's maturing, meaning Jesse. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching it. I liked going back and watching it. I think it was a great suggestion to do these, these films because this one was um, brilliant. It was really, really good fun to watch. I will say my favourite character was... Uh, so, in terms of performance, it is um, James...
1: Jason James Richter, yeah. Jason James
2: Richter, who who was Jesse, uh, I thought it did it did did it justice. Did a fantastic job. You know, moody little kid all the way through, uh, <laughs> like preteen, quite horrible, quite nasty, but actually, uh, he shows his soul and shows his spirit throughout it as well. When yeah. it comes to the character, my favorite character has got to be Randolph. Randolph is just just a G. Uh, Glenn kind of slides in there a little bit as well, but. You know, Randolph is this wiser. Uh, I know what you did. I know what you did when when they were trying to do the like medical stuff on the on the whale, and and you yeah. pulled the the key. I saw you, but hey, you know, I, I can live with it. Who gives a shit? And I don't like this. <laughs> you know, I don't like this job. Let's fucking yeah. Let's let's save this world's life. You know, he's he's very cool. And then when it comes to my ratings, um, from a like personal standpoint. I, I thought it was great to, to re-watch this and revisit it. Um, so uh, for me, it's 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 like a nine. Um, uh, it brings back, no pun intended, but like a flood of memories as well, which is great. <laughs> and watching it with you as well. Right? Like, uh, all the films that we cover, I kind of remember watching with you. And I think like Titanic is probably the first one where I haven't gone, yeah, I'll watch it with you, cause I just, yeah. <laughs>
1: um So... what's sad sad is we don't watch movies together anymore we watch one tree hill together now every week with 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 our ravens 20 other people yeah (laughs) yeah we should get back to just watching movies you know sat on my bedroom floor with doritos and iron brew
2: invite me around man i'll bring i'll bring all that stuff with me
1: okay we'll put it in a cup we'll put it it in a cupboard tonight round. Dom's coming around past the doritos and iron brew (laughs) (laughs) we'll put it in a cupboard so it's ready. Oh yeah, but I have I'll, that I'll... cupboard that still exists. That Good. I have our own sweet cupboard. Nice, very nice. Yeah, um, and then
2: from a um, objective objective kind of point of view, um, the film is probably a seven for me. I think the way it's put together, that you know, the way it is, it's, it's not awful. It, it it's, it's not awful at all. It's really well done, but. Um, yeah, it's probably a, a seven, in terms of everything that's going on and the acting and the performances that you get from the rest of the cast. And I guess it's not a, you know, great use of animatronics and stuff. But it's like it's not a Jurassic Park, is it? It's not. A, this isn't a groundbreaking film. So yeah, a seven. And what, well. what about all your your ratings on it as well? I'm guessing higher than mine, but
1: your well, have I think, specific I think reasons. I think that's all fair. Um, I. Favourite actor or performance Yeah, it probably does have to go to Jason James Richter. Um I think yeah, I'll give it to him. I as far as far as my favourite character, I'd say Randolph, because yeah, he's he's just awesome. And then for ratings, subjectively it's a ten, because this is in like this is on my list of Classic movies that I watched over and over and over and over again, and it's on my uh it's on my shelf in here, which means it's of the utmost importance. And objectively, did did you say seven? Yeah, I think seven's fair. Yeah, Yeah. as an objective, maybe an eight, but that's probably me just pulling in my subjective point of view through. So I think seven, seven's fair. Because when you said Jurassic Park, was like, well okay it's not Jurassic Park
2: yeah same year as well isn't it but obviously a different different production company so very different but yeah what really threw me really threw me I know this sounds ridiculous but right at the beginning of the film when the Warner Brothers logo comes up the <aat-> that fucking threw me because I haven't seen that for so long and Bugs Bunny appearing from behind the WB of his carrot and I was yeah. just like, oh my god that was a thing that was a thing yeah. of kid films made by Warner Brothers, and that just doesn't happen anymore.
1: Through well, that's, that's at the start of Little Giants as well because it's Warner Brothers' movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, okay. Well, that's that's the first Free Willy. So then we get the second Free Willy that comes a couple of years later. So that's the first one. Let's move into the second one. So ju- just before we start on on that, I just have to prefix this one with. This was literally filmed in the on the islands that I worked uh for three summers uh when I was nineteen, twenty and twenty one in the summer camps. And people that have listened to our Ravens podcast know that this this place was so impactful on me. Um and I was thinking about this earlier. It's only when you're older or in a happier place, sometimes that you can look back on things and it's relative to where you are now you can there you can see how actually you are unhappy in a different space i don't know if that i don't know if that made any sense, but what I'm trying to say is is I feel very happy and content with my life now, and so when I look back at times when uh you know in secondary school or college or university i didn't- enjoy those times really, and was kind of unhappy and the friend groups I was around et cetera didn't particularly uh represent my uh vibe and beliefs and ethics and morality and all the rest of it but when i went to the summer camp i like found my tribe so to speak and found my people and i was really loving it and enjoyed it and very much sort of grew my identity from there and it was very impactful on me and um it's this movie reminds me of that because it's filmed there it's literally there like all in in the islands there's parts where Elvis later is, you know, just trying to get onto the ferry. Like, I've been on that ferry, and in that ferry landing. Like, we used to go on that all of the time. And so it's very... That was a very special time in my life. Like, you said on our recent Ravens episode that, you know, you loved university, and that was, like, the best three years of your life. For me, it was working at this summer camp. They are like, the best summers of my life. It was very much, like, those are very precious memories to me. And this movie, because it's set there and filmed there, it just... It, it, as an adult it even holds more greater weight because it's the only film that i've seen that's set there you know it's kind of a hidden area but it is uh it does have walker whales there naturally you know um which is awesome so this film i love it I, as when i can't really remember when i seen it as a kid but it would have been a blockbuster situation and i used to watch this all of the time, and I actually Dunderlanden dun, dun, prefer this one to the first one, which is probably a super <laughs> unpopular opinion. But the reasons is because Willie is free for one, uh, and Jesse. To what you were just saying in your uh, judgments, there he isn't a douche. He doesn't start as a douche because his character arc has kind of is already got there from the first movie so he's much more likable as a protagonist and it's actually elvis his little brother that is uh, more of a you know going through the similar sort of situation as what he went in the first film but yes dom sorry you so you said you had seen this but uh, as a kid but you couldn't really remember it
2: yeah i i i had definitely seen it when i when i rewatched it i thought yes I, i've definitely definitely seen this before probably a few times as well and it's one of those that is kind of it's a channel five saturday afternoon sort of film isn't it and it's Mm -hmm. you know and i definitely would have seen it um a a few times uh, younger firstly the two-year gap between first and second yeah he's grown so much in two years
1: Well, he was thirty in real life. He was thirteen in the first film, so then fifteen in this one.
2: Yeah, Um, but I still look like I am thirteen, so (laughs) I haven't changed at all. (laughs) I just thought it was just a massive change. I really wasn't expecting it. I thought it'd be fairly similar, but yeah, you're absolutely right. You know the the feel of the film is actually a little bit more homely in a weird way. It's it's a lot more. There's a lot more closer connections. I love the fact that the original cast are in it. I love that, and I was thinking that the entire way through I was thinking, if Glenn wasn't Michael Madison, if Randolph wasn't the guy that's playing Randolph, if you know Jesse wasn't Jesse, if if it was all different people, it would be awful. It would be so bad. And I'm so pleased that it was the same, the same actors and the same characters. I, I thought that was really, really important and, and very well done to the the makers because you know that that makes a difference. It makes a difference to to us as. As an audience, as viewers, as you know, watchers of these things, that we've connected with these characters and we've understood their journey and their pains and their, you know, all the good things that have happened in their story up till now. And then to change that, you can add elements and you can take elements away, but to change it completely, change the person mm-hmm. or change the. The character, it, it doesn't make sense to, to us as a, as a viewer. And I understand that contractually things change and that's life. But if you continuously change something, you know, let's make a film and OK, we're going to make to um, like Glenn. Like, I was really surprised actually to see that Glenn was Michael Madsen again, but so happy about it. I thought that was that was great.
1: Yeah, and I think it would have really taken us out as viewers if if yeah if Glenn was being played by someone else now you know it would have been it yeah it just wouldn't have worked you would have had to just write that character out um, which does happen in the third one well, it doesn't happen but we don't there's only what two of the original cast when we get to the third one um, yeah but okay well that's just as a as a brief synopsis here then we uh, and what I also like we start with Jesse in the same house you know Dwight comes back um and uh forgive me I can't remember that actor's name but there's you know the same actor is playing uh playing Dwight and uh we're introduced to Elvis who is <laughs> who is Jesse's brother right and unfortunately and sadly Jesse's mom has passed away so Annie and Glenn are doing a very lovely thing and you know what do they call it sort of like uh was it kinship care or something where the, you know they're basically keeping them together as brothers because they're the only family that they have
2: well yeah it's on a temporary basis as well until something until like arrangements have been made because because uh, jesse is his only living relative it, it's like he goes to jesse but, yeah. and that seemed to be how it worked uh, i'm not sure if that's the case is uh, probably not the case at all, but they, yeah, they seem to make that the case for the film anyway.
1: And I don't remember if it was in this one or it was in the first one when Dwight, they're on like, Jesse's just been kicking a bin. I think it's in the first one maybe, so maybe we skipped over it, but um Dwight gives him the tough love speech and he's basically just like, you know, your mum your mum went out of here on a car and she didn't even look back in the rearview mirror and for some reason that's always stuck with me that point Mm. because you can visualize it it's like she was gone she doesn't care about you you know these people do care about you and I think um again forgive me because I can't remember that actor's name but he puts in a great performance I think
2: yeah uh, I probably didn't pay him enough credit in the You know, talking about him in the first one because he's actually really funny, and it's he's got one of these. I care about this kid, but also he's a little shit, so I'm just going to be. I'm going to tell him. I'm just going to treat him for what he is because he's he's just being a a horrendous little brat. So I'm just going to be like, stop it. Just and he he pumps realism into it, doesn't he? You know, I think Glenn is like, and he's like really sweet and nice and lovely and trying to be kind. This guy Dwight is like. super real and just be like your mama hated you she left you for a fucking reason and she is not coming back for you and then like glenn's like in the middle somewhere like the middle that like in between the two but yeah he was like super real about it and i thought it was brilliant i I can't remember which one it was now as well i think it was the first one because then yeah was quite young wasn't he so i
1: think it was the first one I, i know it's in the first one as well dwight says uh you know one more offense you're going to go to ju you know to juvie or juvenile it's like that's baby prison son it's yeah. <laughs> like, like, so good but yeah so good. um but it's great to have him back and i love the line from glenn where it's just like you know this is a lease i'm not buying you know be when uh dwight saying about all the paperwork to fill in and uh yeah we they they're planned a, a trip to to go and see randolph and randolph He's obviously moved on from his job at the park and is out doing you know research or or something or other you know with whales in the wild and we're taking elvis with us and elvis is um how do we say a lying little shit
2: yes <laughs> continuously he's a black belt in karate that was one that he brought up uh
1: bungee jumper
2: bungee jumping uh what his, lo- his loads, dad's
1: al pa- his dad's al pacino
2: yeah that's why he looks so like him um there's so many so many
1: that actor in real life like google him later he now has a shaved head he's got tattoos everywhere and he's got like a teardrop tattoo
2: like oh, on no. under his eye doesn't that mean you've killed someone
1: i yeah that's what i i thought that but... I mean I don't, I don't know. I think mean, he's still acting, but probably kill killed a whale. he better not have. Yeah. Uh so yeah, they're 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 going out and, and camping and whatever and Jesse reunites with Randolph and that's great. And he meets uh oh no, I'm mixing up the third one. Yes, no, he meets uh I was thinking about the pizza on the boat, but that's the third one. He uh he meets who is it? Randolph's? It's not Randolph's, like, granddaughter or something, is it? Who is it? The, the, his God love daughter- interest.
0: This
2: is Goddaughter.
1: Goddaughter. Okay. Yeah. And we we have... She's in Apollo in?
2: 13, isn't she?
1: Oh, who is she? She's Jim
2: Lovell's daughter. She's Tom Hanks' daughter in the film. Right. You know, the one that's, like, uh, the youngest kid says the Beatles are rubbish or whatever because then they've, they've broken up and she's, like, freaks out. Like, no...
1: Oh, okay, uh... nice. Right, and so, it, well, this is like 95, when was Apollo 13? 95 as well, was it? Same year? A bit late or a bit later, maybe same. Big year for her, <laughs> big year. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry, please continue.
1: No, 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 it's good. Well, they kind of have um, teenage flirtation, shall we say. You know, it's oh. a little, oh oh which way he's, am i going oh, hey, he, he's
2: in the binoculars isn't he Ain't uh, check, checking out the whales he's <laughs> checking out the birds <laughs>
1: damn palace at the weekend uh, <laughs> yeah and you know it's all good we didn't have any love interests in this at the beginning of the movie he speaks to a girl on the bike like in his street and that do you recognize her no, I didn't. She was Connie from the Mighty Ducks.
2: Oh, lovely. I didn't oh. Oh, I didn't I didn't know. I didn't pay any attention to because I thought we'll never see them again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and then uh we Randolph thinks he's he's picked up Willie on, you know, the sonar. The sonar. Sure. Huh. Something. Boat yeah. boat apparatus. <laughs> And uh, and we we do we we reconnect with Willy, right? Yes, yes. We reconnect. I'm trying to think. Obviously, we do at some point, but I'm trying to think, is it at that point? I think we do. No, yeah. Or is it in the Cove that we see Willie for the first time?
2: They they go out on the boat and and they're looking around and they they find Willie with the family, but they're hunting. That's it. So, and so, so they, they, they go, go. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. come back tomorrow, and you can reintroduce yourself to your pet whale,
1: right? And that, <laughs> now and again, I said it earlier, but just to reiterate, there are no real whales in this movie. So obviously, they Keiko is used in the first one. Um, but they were able to use that because it's ninety percent of it is him in, is in the tank, right? And obviously in this one, it's, it's all in the wild. So they're literally there's a making of featurette that you can find on YouTube. It's really good. I've watched it twice. It's like about twelve minutes long, and it and it shows all of the making of how they did the animatronics. So they had to scale actual animatronic whales that were operated by like free people like, on remote controls and all kind of things and they would be able to swim and and all the rest of it and li- they would just exactly like you know the size and whatever of real whales i would love if one of them somehow arrived on ebay and i have to convince f that i want one in the garden <laughs> that'd
2: be creepy as hell though wouldn't it
1: really keep them wet yeah, <laughs> what, take, take turns with the hose
2: it rains here enough you probably wouldn't have to do a lot of that to be honest
1: <laughs> when we bought this house and we moved in the uh, well before we moved in when we were looking the guy had a full life-size ball in the garden
2: but uh, what like ball Not with
1: holes yeah, a ho- yeah uh, but to scale in the back Jesus. of the garden and we had- why? And we had to ask, like, F was like, please check, because I was taking like, that, it. I was you're like, taking that with you, right? <laughs> yeah, so I was sort of doing the negotiations and stuff, and I had to just be like, just have to 100% sure that that's leaving, right? <laughs> um, which it did, so, but yeah, um, he also had a full-size uh, crocodile, wooden crocodile that had been whittled, that was in the front garden. Jesus. Yeah
2: nice fair enough whatever floats your boat
1: we also found uh when we had some guard the garden part of the garden was renovated there was like um concrete slabs at the bottom of the garden that people the previous people like must have used to put i don't know what on fire pits and whatever we had it taken out and as they uh like by professionals and as they took out the uh the concrete slabs what is it that you think? Well you're nodding is, like you Is know. it toys?
2: Did you find toys?
1: Yes. How did you know that? Kids' toys were buried <laughs> underneath it. Have I told yeah. you this? Yeah, you've told me this. Okay. It really scared Ephony. Like, even if I brought it up, she wouldn't sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy
2: as hell. Creepy as hell. I think you told me at your birthday. Okay. So that's how I, at your birthday, sort of barbecue. Maybe Ethany, would Ethany have told me?
1: Uh, maybe she told you, yeah. I
2: think she told me, which is why you're surprised I know.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, she told me and and I was like <laughs> horrified because that's just horrendous.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's like little like ponies and things like, you know, Ugh. yeah anyway um yeah and then so they had these to scale whale animatronics and then they had smaller ones that are about a third of the size and those ones they could use in you know different shots and whatever to and would they would look real life but they were like could surface and blow hole and all the rest of it and uh the eyes and, and all of that stuff um and it's a bit more obvious when you to look now but this is where i argued with this girl janelle at the camp that it wasn't um, that I, I was like, no, there were no animatronic whales, which is so stupid. But what was I thinking that they airlifted like whales out of captivity, put them into the ocean for a little bit? Okay, and action. Yep, got it. Okay, take them back. Like, <laughs> I just didn't think about it, Tom.
2: Oh well, you know, I guess you don't. You get caught up in the in the magic of it all, don't you? Don't you I suppose. But yeah, thinking about it now, yeah, it's pretty dumb.
0: I get it, I get it, I get it. No, kidding. it was. It I'm
1: definitely kidding. was. It's fine to think for- you can forgive that of a child, but I was like twenty years old having this argument. There's so. there's
2: there's not wanting to believe it though. You didn't want to believe it. it wasn't it
1: wasn't real. It's like Jurassic Park. Yeah, they just went back in time and got them dinosaurs and then they just shot them <laughs> in real life, you know, like on the camera and that was it. But yeah, okay, so then Jesse follows a bit stalkery if anything, um his new love interest to this cove, and she's sort of looking out for the whales and uh she sees some and then uh Jesse goes into showing off you know and gets to show off with Willie, you know he rides him for a bit, which come on, let's be honest it, uh, that's the dream, isn't it to ride a whale <laughs> and like perfectly go under the water and you know obviously this is not to be done have you you've obviously you've seen blackfish you seen like in Sea world, where they let someone win a, a competition and the girl got to ride the whale and uh, the whale bucked her off and threw her around a little bit and ended up biting her leg. Do you remember?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally...
1: Don't ride, don't ride whales.
2: I personally couldn't think of anything I'd be more terrified of than, than, than going near a, a real whale.
1: In the wild.
2: In, in anywhere. A tank in the wild. Anywhere. 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 I would be terrified. I genuinely think I would be terrified. I mean, I'd That's like... like If I was on a boat and I'm like, there's whales there, beautiful, fantastic. If I was in the water and there's whales or there was a competition and someone said, I've won this competition, but I can't go. It's to ride a whale at SeaWorld or whatever. No. Just no, like even no, no, just no. I would—that's well, yeah. my idea of absolute hell and fear. And well, let's, no. uh,
1: well, let's underline this now so it's one hundred percent clear. Fuck you, see World forever. Yeah. <laughs> just constantly, yeah. just forever be fucked because, I mean, right. Well, let's talk about Blackfish for a quick moment here. You're some. You're the. You're the only person I know that's seen Blackfish more than me. I think, like, I've seen it like five or six times. Ellie, you've seen it like in double figures, haven't you, or something crazy like that?
2: Yeah, I must be above ten now.
1: And so, what it, what is it about that documentary that is so like besotting to you?
2: It's just the fact that it's so sh- it's such a shocking thing, such a shocking thing that um, SeaWorld have been able to get away with for so long uh and that every incident is put down to trainer error every incident um uh, and it's it's put down to human error not the fact that we've taken wild animals bred them in captivity made them essentially dangerous
1: and inbred
2: and and a little bit psychotic and you're then adding a human element in with them when they're completely uncontrollable. I don't like horses, right? <laughs> I, I like, no, no, let, like, let, let me explain. Please. I would never ride a horse. Have you ever because ridden although, a horse? No, and I never will. I will never ride a horse. And uh, please allow me to, to, to explain why. I want a horse to is hear. a massive, massive animal. It's strong and it's fucking scary. And you can be on the best trained horse in the world or whatever, riding along. But if that horse, which is a free thinking animal decides, I don't give a shit anymore. This is a load of old bollocks. Why is this geezer on my back? And it can just, it can just bolt and it can throw you off it and it can do whatever. Now add the element of water. You're fucked. Totally fucked. Why would anyone do that?
1: A seven ton animal. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Exactly. I don't understand. Why would any don't ride a horse. Definitely don't ride a fucking whale. Come on, people. With some fucking brains. It's not hard. It's massive and it will fucking kill you.
1: What about Just could would it have been away. A, would have been different if I tried to ride Steve? I
2: oh, you'd be fine, you'd be all right with Steve. He'd love it. It <laughs> it'd <He'd> ride you. <laughs>
1: while i'm biting my lip <laughs> <laughs> no i agree i agree but the fantasy of so when this came out in 97 so we were 10 right the fantasy of a 10 year old riding a whale is you know everything uh, i did go whale watching in this exact area in the San ones and it was phenomenal i did it twice once when i was there when i was like uh 20 and then once with f a few years ago and it's one of the most breathtaking things just to see them in the wild and we saw um you know like a a, uh fully grown male adult like a massive like the biggest kind of orca that you could see and it like came really close to the boat and like the person sort of doing commentary and whatever was just like that is the apex predator of the ocean right there um which is like the nothing hunts orca whales and orca whales eat great white can eat great white sharks they eat dolphins they eat seals they eat stingrays there's nothing they eat blue whales sperm whales there's nothing that uh eats a orca whale is the apex predator and their uh their brains have been studied to show that they uh they understand empathy they can be empathetic to each other uh they have memories, uh they can communicate, um and there's even research to say that they can communicate almost like to the point of potentially telepathically. Like they are there's arguments to say that they are the most intelligent beings on the planet, you know, besides humans. Um, that they, it goes humans, orcas, like dolphins, dogs. Um yeah. So they are to be respected, and I I love them. I'm like obsessed with them. I feel they I feel a kindred spirit with them. I like to think of them as my spirit animal, um, and Luna, but my dog, <laughs> not necessarily the whale, but the whale too. But yeah, no, I fully agree with you. And the and blackfish, it's, I mean it, the like the part where the uh the whale is continually pulling the bald-headed trainer down i mean you you have to give him some props for uh being able to maintain his calm and hold his breath for so long and he's being held at the bottom of an incredibly deep tank it's not like he's being held at the bottom of the deep end at the local swimming pool you know he's at the bottom <laughs> of and, it, and like there's you know the pressure and stuff is different at at them depths right um But still, like you said, it's... He is completely at the disposal of that whale.
2: Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And even when he gets out of the water. So he... he, The only thing that was holding his leg in place was his wetsuit. Because it's obviously... grabbed him by the leg, drags him to the bottom several times. So his leg is completely shattered. It's in pieces. But
1: But not even hard. Like, it's not like even it was like an aggressive. It's just there's so much force... She just grabbed um, him. That's yeah. what it is,
2: and it's just pulling him under. It's toying with him, because it lets him go, lets him get air, and then grabs his. Oh, it doesn't let him go quite. It sort of takes him back to the top, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Lets him breathe, and then pulls him down again. I mean, lucky for him that he was a trained diver and had done it for such a long time and knew what he was doing. And and he's just kind of rubbing the whale, isn't he? He's like, it's got, it's got my leg, but I'm just going to keep rubbing. And he's like, is quite- Is it Tilikum? Is that the whale?
1: Nah, that one wasn't Tilikum, I don't think. I think Tilikum's the biggest whale, What was. uh, He's passed away now, but was the biggest whale in captivity. Um, Mm. But the... um, Yeah, he's like and he's, like, hyperventilating because to, like, get the air, like, deep, to be able to hold the air, like, deeper in your lungs, it's like, I'd be fucked, wouldn't I? I'd be, someone, please pass me the inhaler.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But he gets over the safety net to then get to the, the platform. And the whale goes over the safety net, just just jumps it, just doesn't give a shit, just goes over it. He manages to get to the platform, doesn't he? And tries to get up to run. And there's two other trainers that have to pick him up because he gets up and then immediately falls because his leg is just, lucky it's still attached, to be honest, but it's just, just shattered. The whole thing is just, for want of a better word, fucked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, and he got lucky, I mean, sadder. And that is obviously Dawn Branshaw that was um killed in two thousand and ten. And uh, you know, is kind of what sparked the Blackfish documentary. And they had to use the jaws of life to open Tillicum's uh mouth to get her arm back. No, he swallowed the arm, he swallowed the arm. It was to um to get her like body out of out of his mouth. Um and because if you think about it, what is it they could have even done? Like, I was thinking this the other day. Um, imagine if a whale did that, right? Pulled a trainer in. What can they do? Like, say they shot the whale. Well, what then? It the sink? Woman, person, woman, man, they're going to drown, aren't they? Yeah, like, yeah. Just what can you even do? There's nothing that could be done.
2: Nothing. It's just, it's terrifying. Just terrifying. And the fact that...
1: And don't shoot whales
2: yeah humans have put themselves in this situation as well it's just terrifying
1: well yeah well blackfish it's on netflix or i'm sure you can find it anywhere else uh it is a must watch it is harrowing to watch um there's also a book i really want to read when i say read i mean listen to the audio of um but it's by the guy that's got the short the i think i told you this the other day didn't i it's got like the shaved head on from blackfish um and he wrote a book sort of giving even more information um i'll send you the link to it dom because i'm sure you'd be interested in it as well but yeah mm-hmm. back to the film he's he's riding a whale um and you know th- these these are great fantasies again as like a 10 year old but obviously more problematic but the the idea that willie's free is with his family but we get to a point where there is an oil tanker and it's actually a bit reminiscent of, of Titanic, right? Because the captain wants them to speed up so they can make their delivery on time or a bit early or whatever. But if they do, they by them doing that, they're the wrong side of the b- buoy, b- buoy, the buoy, what is it?
2: I think we'd say boy, but they they say buoy, buoy,
0: buoy, buoy.
1: Well, sea bell, (laughs) and they they come across, they hit rocks, and it causes them to spill a ton of oil, which is horrific. And this this has happened, you know, too many times.
2: A number of times, yeah, lots of times. Scary. Just crude oil pouring into the water. And what what I really really like actually um, about the sentiment of the film is as much as there's fear for the whales, because obviously, you know, Willie's sister then gets very sick, doesn't she? Because she's covered in oil and breathing it in, it's in her lungs, and they fly in this special doctor, you know, whale vet, um, to come and <laughs> check out the, the the pod of whales and make sure they're okay. And what's really good is the girl, the, the kind of Jessie's love interest, is really upset and he's like they'll be okay You know, the world will be okay and she's like, it's not okay think about all the other animals think about the birds the otters the the this the that the that that and she just lists off a load of animals that are now just buggered because this entire ecosystem is just destroyed by the ship and the acts of man you know just doing something so reckless to basically hit a schedule like reach something in time that they they were only a little bit delayed you know and and it's just completely wiped out a, a little ecosystem it's just ridiculous and she's right and it, that was a really really great moment that i thought they put in the film i thought it, you know it definitely meant a lot
1: yeah definitely for real and um we they're trapped into into a cove right like an oil sort of barrier and this is where we get douchebags left right and center coming in trying to uplift the whales take them to into captivity the guys from the oil company's got an option to sell the whales so on and so forth but jesse is uh has other plans and uh initially they're using him to help you know get the whales into certain positions and to help you know get the medication and whatever and then he's just like no, fuck this. Um, this is trash. Pushes the main douchebag into the water um, and followed by another douchebag. Elvis is coming round. You know, he's he's, he's getting there. He's, he's you know.
2: It's, it's kind of thanks to Elvis, isn't it? Because he overhears them. He overhears the the rich guys saying, you know what we could do? We could cash in on on some of these whales. So let's capture them, say we're going to help them and actually put them in a sea life centre or a sea World or whatever it is. So... Um, it's actually the, the fact that Elvis, because Elvis has he's lied so many times throughout the film, he's made up so much stuff that uh, he is the boy that cried whale. Um, he's the boy that cried wolf, and he's now at a point where Glenn doesn't believe him, and he tries to make things you know smooth smooth off things with him, and does the um, the spit promise, the spit shake, yep. which is disgusting. It was like horrendous. I thought of you at that moment and thought Simon wouldn't have that. Um, uh, you know yeah. it doesn't matter who, who it is it would not be happening
1: we do an air it, spit five yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, through zoom <laughs> yeah.
2: and um yeah it, glenn doesn't believe him when he says he wants when like you need to help jesse and like the oil spill and stuff and then he's not allowed to help even though Annie is promising to help and then this this is when he gets the information and he says to jesse this is what's going to happen. He's like, why should I believe you? And he's like, because nobody else has, nobody else does, you know, like, all I want to do is help. And that's, that's a good moment. That's the complete turning point there of the film, you know. We we have the the brief moment where he's lied to Jesse about the the mother and says, the mother never talked about you. She, you know, I basically didn't know you existed. But he then you know, says she did talk about you. She talked about you all the time and she regretted everything. She loved you, but she wasn't supposed to leave me. She was supposed to look after me. And it's a really touching moment. It's really sad. He's only, he's only young. He's like, what, seven, eight. Mm. Um, uh, But he does help to save the day. And then, yeah, uh, the the boat obviously is just oil pouring out of it across this cove and it then starts to catch fire.
1: Well, yeah, just just before that they so they go off on the boat and they're trying to lead willy and you know the other whales to freedom because otherwise they're going to be trapped there and it's going to be too late uh they manage to get to get to that point uh but and then uh the fire starts like there's an explosion on the boat the oil catches fires we've got flames in the water and then the boat hit their little sort of boat that they're on hits rocks and that's taking in water as well so they're starting to sink they can't get out they're trapped in between they're just trapped in the middle of the ocean with uh flames and they can't get anywhere and it's at this point we get a helicopter coming over so okay we're all gonna be all right were you able to remember this when you were watching it? Like, what was going to happen? No, okay. <laughs> no,
2: I do not remember any of this bit.
1: <laughs> well, they they get uh, Elvis up, they get the girl up, and then we get Jesse up. Did you think he was going to fall?
2: No, I, I thought that was kind of it. I thought, oh, he'd slip or something, and one of them would he'd just, like, cling on just at the end, and they'd pull him in. But, he, yeah, he does fall. It goes straight back down. I was like, oh, my God. And Elvis was like, let me at him. Let me, like, I'm going to. He tried to jump out with him.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he, and but then they have to leave him because the the, the bad of fog or bad weather. Would they? Would that happen in real life? I guess they'd have to, right?
2: They're like the smoke was causing problems with the engine. The fumes from the oil burning was causing them issues, so they had to go and land. And I guess the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few.
1: Hey, Jesse. <laughs> Fuck you, we're going yeah.
2: <laughs> You saved the whales. We saved your, your so-called brother and girlfriend. We don't need
1: you anymore. <laughs> Probably don't call her your girlfriend anymore. She's your widowed girlfriend, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in the water and he's starting to like maybe drown a little bit. Um, did you did you foresee Willie coming back?
2: Yeah, this was going to happen, wasn't it? He was always going to come and protect his pal, wasn't he? Would you judge me?
1: Would you judge me if a tear dropped from my eye? Really, Dominic came. <laughs> he came back. Like Steve would have come back for me.
2: The animatronic whale came back for
1: Dominic <laughs> for Jesse.
2: Dominic. Did it, all right, one solo tear, one individual tear running down your cheek, or was there a few? Was no, it a, was like it was just a flurry. Like wet,
1: it was like wet eyes. If I'd scrunched the eyes, then they would have dropped. Then.
2: I got. I got sent a message from Marine the other day. This is this is one of our. Oh,
1: from Marine! I thought you said from yeah. a Marine. I was like, from a Marine. You know a, a Marine.
2: <laughs> I know Marines. From Marine, yeah. And she was just catching up with our Titanic episode, oh, yeah. and she said it's one of, it like her all-time favorite film. She's excited for the podcast. I haven't had any feedback, so she probably hated it. Um, and she <laughs> said, um, right, quick question. Did you shed a tear at any point? And I was like, come on. Why are you asking me this? You know the answer. You know you're going to be disappointed with the answer, so why ask?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and she was just like, how could you not get upset at this film? And She's like, just didn't. Just don't. It just doesn't happen that way for me.
1: Yeah. dead
2: dead inside
1: (laughs) yeah but but it's okay we love you all the same so thanks man but i and then i liked the moment of you know glenn saying that's the best friend you'll ever have kid yeah, it's because it's true humans hate you um
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> look at your mother she couldn't stand you <laughs> <laughs>
2: listen to what dwight said now remember <laughs> that <laughs> uh,
1: and then that's kind of it right and then and then Willie goes off um was the prayer in there as well that's been in yeah. my head like my entire life to forget the
2: the necklace is why he gets a little when he first sees Randolph. He's got a little Orca necklace, yeah, that he gives him, which he wears for the entire film, and it doesn't ever disappear.
1: You mean nice. like this necklace? <laughs> is that
2: is that the real one?
1: No, it's not the real one. Um I wish at again right. So at the end of the first one, the first Free Willy movie, they put a number up that said, "If you like to donate and help, blah blah blah, blah call this number." On the second Free Willy movie, they put a number up saying again for the Keiko Foundation to try and help release Keiko. Uh, call here, and you can buy a kit, and the kit will have in the uh, the necklace that's sort of whittled. So it's exactly the same as like the one in the movie, um, and that was a that was I think it was part of the point of him having it in the movie was so that they can right. replicate it to raise money for Keiko. So it's a really good intention kind of thing. And then it also came with some things. It came with the DVD. No, no, no. Uh, Cause that hadn't happened yet. I think it came with like some pictures and posters, and, you know, things like that. And I was able to, the Keiko foundation still exists. And uh, nice. a few years ago, I just went, I uh, bought one. So they were still selling these packs all the way from 1995. Jesus. Yeah, and you can buy them on eBay as well, but people have like hiked the prices up. I actually bought it twice because I bought it and then they never sent it to me, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to ask for my money back from a charity," so I just bought another one. Um, <laughs> but this is great, and I said that on Instagram that we were covering the Free witty movies. Uh, Lex actually messaged me and said, "Oh, I used to have the necklace. Cause I think it used to come with maybe some of like the box sets or stuff like that." And she's like, "Oh, I don't have it anymore." And I was like, "Well, I do." Because I'm a whale <laughs> boy. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to wear it now while we're talking. Um, oh, just got it over the head. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Moonface motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus. What are you trying to say because these are meant to be for kids' heads? Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I meant. No, it wasn't. <laughs> You're trying to say I have a big head. <laughs> I could wear it like...
2: Oh please wear it like that, yeah. Okay. No, no, I'm wearing be it sensible, now. be sensible. My dad had so, told
1: me that I grew into my head. Are you trying to say that I didn't? Oh you definitely did. What does that mean?
2: No, I'm saying you definitely did. You had a large head as a kid and it's <laughs> it's proportionate now. <laughs>
0: <That's>
2: <laughs> I've lost good.
1: him. Very good. That's good. Remind me that when we finish, I've got something to tell you. Okay. Anyway, right, and then and then that's that's it, right? That's it for free for free Woody too. So give us your your judgments, character, and then we'll very quickly cover Free Woody Free, and then we'll get out of here. Um,
2: I'm not sure who my favourite character was actually. Um, I think I think probably Jesse in this one. Like, favourite performance was. Um, probably jesse as well i think jesse wins this for me this this film and do you agree right i was quite pleased to see him like smack elvis about a bit (laughs) because he was such a little turd but um... was
1: was you pleased that um jet like what i was saying that jesse he's so much more likable in this movie because he's gone through all of his shit from the first one and now he's yeah you know
2: He's calling Glenn dad and he says I love you to him at one point and it's just, this is nice. It's just nice now isn't it? He's you know grown to love these people and accustomed and he's part of their family and you know he accepts them as his family so it's nice. It's just really difficult when Elvis appears because it's obviously a reminder of his mother who's abandoned him, and he can't handle it very well, but he, he gets there. It becomes quite a funny little relationship between them and then eventually becomes a bit more brotherly, which is nice. Um, and then my ratings, like, from a personal point of view, this, this film was good. Um, it didn't really mean a lot to me, so it's probably a seven. So I'll go That's with seven.
1: That's That's higher than I thought you were going to say.
2: Yeah, I mean, from a personal point of view, and then from a objective point of view is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's probably a f- six. Hey, that's
1: I reckon. Bad. I'll tell you. I think the
2: first the first one is probably um just stands out because it was like unique at the time and then this one is it's still re- like really well put together but again it's not it's not Jurassic Park, is it? So <laughs> but it is and, quite... and and that's that's to talk about the the, the, the kind of technology and the feel of the film and how revered it is and, and even as a sequel, you know, there was it, that was all used and I mean Jurassic Park Two was a bit awful but um Yeah, I, it is a nice story and a really good sentiment. I think do you know what? I'm gonna level it up to seven as well. We're going for double sevens. That's what I'm going for. Oh
1: that's good. How uh, about you? I think it's I think it's good it's a good sequel in that it's it's hard to imagine where you'd go after Free Willy, the first one, you know. But they went to well, let's go see Willy in the wild. and I think that's I like that, and I like that it's dealing with these issues that we've spoken about about you know oil, and then obviously we're going to talk about the third one in a second. Uh, I really have a lot of love for this movie. So from a subjective point, it's probably up there as a ten as well. Again, it's on the shelf. the The necklace is on. Uh, I love it. <laughs> then from an objective point of view is probably like a six i'd say um but you know but i would level that up with my personal points and then yeah i agree with jesse as well special notes to randolph of course because he's the man and then (laughs) let's uh let's quickly talk about free woody free this one's my least favorite i actually find it quite difficult to watch because i find it really sad. Uh, that I think like three whales get killed in this, like off screen. You don't see it, but you kind of like hear it. Like you hear the of like the spears. Is it a spear? What spear was it? Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it,
2: they they are spears, aren't they? It's, yeah. Uh,
1: what does he call it though? He says a uh, harpoon. Harpoon. That's it. Yeah.
2: that The the big gun is a harpoon, is it? And he's got a spear gun as well.
1: Oh, God, uh, but it's like uh, when they're doing that and they're like looking around with the harpoon and whatever, even though we don't see it, I imagine it, and I imagine yeah. how horrific that is, and that then literally, okay, you've just like stabbed a whale, but also it's now connected to your boat, so it can't even like swim off or anything, uh, how horrible that is. And, cause what you, do
2: this... get, you do get the one underwater shot, don't you? The whale just stopped. Yeah, just, float, just floating and it's really it's quite harrowing isn't it it's quite it's a lot of imagery and it's it's very sad and you think there's people in the world that still do this it's just sickening
1: well speaking of that so in 2019 whaling was uh made legal again in japan um and uh in in iceland as well in parts of iceland but the the market in iceland isn't it's like decreased in Iceland because it's now legal in Japan. So before, I think a lot of the whale meat or whatever was being sort of shipped from Iceland over to Japan, but they don't need that anymore because Japan can go and do their you can do their own whaling, and they they have like a permit. It's like a, a quota that they're allowed to do, and it's like three hundred whales for the year. I mean, the thing is, is I don't want to disrespect anyone's culture because you know people if if it's something that's within someone's culture and and so on and so forth and heritage and the rest of it like i don't want to be one to judge on that um mm-hmm. but it's just for me like I, I mean you could make these arguments about chickens and cows and, and all the rest of it but it's just like i've just we've just mentioned how they are arguably potentially the most intelligent creatures besides humans on the planet you know uh, and can feel empathy and pain and memories and emotions and all the rest of it it just doesn't sit with me man like i think it's really messed up and uh it's just not right man
2: it, it it's not like normal fishing is it, it you know it, it's it's distressing it's very distressing yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah it's just like I, I genuinely don't think there's anything more i can say on it other than it's just totally distressing. You know, one thing I would say is, you know, watch Seaspiracy, if you haven't already. Absolutely. Be prepared for some very, you know, horrible things. It's very, very, very heavily weighted one way, Seaspiracy. Very. So don't, like, fall into the, like, traps of it. uh, uh, Because it is... When you read more find out more about the making of the program you understand why it is set the way it is um and it, it's very good and there's that you get a lot of information from it but there's a lot that's that's intentionally missed out you know i'll, I'll leave that there i'm not going to say anything more about that because it's for people to go and find out and work out for themselves what they do and don't believe but the images that you get of of the wailing and stuff that is true and, and real and it's it's horrible it's horrendous it's, it's so sad so yeah. sad um, yeah. and so like it's so difficult to watch um to the point where i was looking away as well just when they're yeah i don't even want to say it it's just so cruel
1: well and there's points in the movie where the harpoons are like pointed at willie and i mean obviously you know it's like it's it's bad for whatever whale, but this is our whale we've we've, yeah. we've gone two movies already with this whale um we watched him be free and not uh, how dare you feel like you're gonna gun down our whale um but it's but they they deal with this issue and it's quite interesting' because they're dealing with it from the perspective of a kid looking up at to his dad as like a hero, like you know like like most uh most boys do you know look up to their parents and in this way. And his dad's sort of explaining it to him like, Well, this is what my, my my dad did and what his dad did and we come from a line of whalers and back in the day it was seen as this is what kept the the lights lit, you know, literally, um, from oil and this, that and the other. But the kid says, I forget the kid's name. But Max. the kid's Max is saying, like, but what does that mean now? Because we're not in the we're not in these times now, you know. So it's actually quite a um it's, it's more nuanced than you'd think and more layered than you'd think but I find it really distressing um, because of all the things we've just said and that even the dad at the end when he like falls in uh, it's at the climax here he's got a knife in his hand like to to Willie, you know like as if he's going to stab him because he thinks he's being attacked and whatever which of course he's not because come on it's Willie. um yeah but yeah, I mean, give, give us give us your your synopsis, your brief synopsis of this one.
2: Well, kind of, we have a, a so-called salmon fisher who, you know, actually illegally is whaling uh, and hasn't been caught and hasn't been caught for a long time. And he wants to teach his son the trade. So he takes his young son, Max, on his ship with him. His son thinks he's going to be, you know, be dropping nets and catching salmon. And that's, you know, that's their main... Um, You know, income is from salmon fishing, but actually, you know, a harpoon gun gets fitted to the front, and he's like, Oh, can I shoot it? Can I shoot you? He's all excited because he's like Game Boy kind of kid generation, isn't he? You know, I play all these computer games, I'll be really good at it. And he's like, You'll get your chance. The dad's like, You'll get your chance. You'll get your chance. Let me do it first. And then he witnesses it. He witnesses, a, the, you know, the killer the whale and immediately has this crisis of conscience you know do i go against my father who wants me to do this you know he's only very young as well he he must be seven eight nine ballpark yeah and he but he really doesn't agree with it He really struggled with what he saw it's obviously very distressing um and it's about him trying to cope with that you know when he eventually gets to go back home He he's asking his mum about it. Oh, you know, dad does this, and he's like, she's like, yeah, yeah, she knows. But he's not going to get caught. What happens if he gets caught? Oh, like, will he go to prison? No, no, he'll just get a fine, and he might get his boat taken away. And it's just kind of, it all seems very trivial, doesn't it? (laughs) Very, very, very. Yeah, just get a bit of a fine. That's it. It's all a bit trivial, you know. Um, His license might get taken away or whatever, but yeah, it's a bit shocking. So. Jesse is in the film again. Randolph is in the film again. They're on a research ship, and their job is to to track orcas and whales. And Jesse's been brought on as kind of like a like an assistant or to help help research. And he's playing oh, fucking learn a new tune on the harmonica for one. <laughs> Same tune for three films. Jesus, right? Uh, he um, uh, manages to. to to develop the sound and be able to play it in the water so that Willie would be able to hear it from, like, 30 miles away. And it turns out that the the bad whalers, they recognise that it, that's a man-made sound and that they can use that to attract the whales. They figure it out. And Jesse's job with Randolph is to investigate these guys and they're trying to, like, basically gather enough proof to have these guys taken down and stop their whaling operation. And then... Yeah, he, he also tries to educate Max. So Jesse tries to educate Max, the young kid, all the way through, and almost convince him to to stop his dad from doing what he's doing, and and kind of tell the truth on him. And, and Max is reluctant to because he doesn't want to, you know, disobey his father, but also doesn't want to hurt the whales anymore. So Max is running interference the whole time. He falls over a lot, you know, or he fails to to get them the harpoon in time, and he gets his foot tangled up in it, in, you know, in the Um, rope intentionally to to buy the whales some time and I I think that's quite a sweet thing and that's a nice thing Um, but yeah and and then the rest of the film is about you know trying to prove that these guys are out whaling and in the end they take matters into their own hands they take the research vessel and they crash it into the side of the the whaling ship uh, to, to really stop it and this is where the dad falls into the water but he falls in in a net and he can't get out, and he can't swim to the surface, and he's confronted by the thing, you, you know, that almost, that like it's almost like a Moby Dick vibe, it's like the thing that he's been trying to kill the most, and that um, he's really been trying to stop and put down, and it saves him, and it completely changes his opinion on it, and, you, you know, all the way through his son has been saying, but they've got feelings, and, you know, they, they have emotions, and you can tell they're like this, they've got character, and they saved my life, and, so on and so forth and he doesn't believe it until it happens to him and that's what makes the the big change
1: perfect synopsis you're really great at that um (laughs) it's like i just watched the film again did um (laughs) was it made clear what happened to the dad after this like is he going to be charged with anything because it's clear that he's been doing this and they're told like the coast guard that didn't really give a shit before you know so surely he's going to get that fine or have his license revoked right
2: I guess so but he's he's changed <laughs> like I don't know I'm not sure really I, it's not made clear but you'd hope that you know he he stops anyway so you'd hope that he just finds something different you know move on because he, he now appreciates that these animals are free thinking and caring and actually Willie really saved his life
1: doesn't to quote Karen Rowe, that doesn't bring him back, though, does it? <laughs> doesn't bring them whales back. But yes, yes, I get it. He, he's learned so on and so forth. But I mean, I think he he owes some form of debt, though, to balance the scales. But yeah, uh, a, a couple moments I just wanted to highlight that I really liked. I really like drunk Randolph, like pretending to be drunk to buy him time in the bar. And I really like... Like he plays drunk really well, like and he's pretending anyway, but happy drunk. And then I like the moment where he just stops and he's just like, I know who you are and I know what you're doing, you know, and uh, and then it turns into a little bar fight.
2: Yeah, it kicks off a little bit, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> I That's my favorite moment there. And something it was kind of like Jesse's passing the torch, you know, to because uh, Max starts to develop this bond with Willie. And here is my problem with this movie. I don't like it. I don't like seeing it. I, I like Jesse to have the bond and nobody else. Like my bond with Steve. It's me and Steve and nobody else. I didn't like seeing Willie be shared like this. Is that just selfish of me or did you feel it too?
2: Well, I think there's almost a visible similarity between Jesse in the first film and Max in this film. And I think kind of Willie is maybe holding that in memory. Maybe that's what is making him feel like this is like a younger version of Jesse again. You're saying
1: Willie has a type and it's curly haired white boys. (laughs) Yes,
2: basically. (laughs) Oh God, this could go horribly wrong, couldn't it now? (laughs) But yeah, Jesse does say... You know, he, the reason he treats you that way is because he sees you as family. Well, this mm. is how he treats his family or whatever. So and he says, well, we're yeah. not
1: family. So we'll try telling him that, you know, mm.
2: I think it's a nice thing. No, it, is nice. Nice it thing. is nice. It is nice. I just I
1: don't think like not knows
2: He's not going to be able to, you know, jump on this whale and white this whale forever. You know, but, you know, Willie's gone out and gone another, got another whale pregnant
1: and that's and that's the final scene right is we're seeing that and I think that's a real whale birth like filmed at SeaWorld or something oh right okay. I think that's real footage I might be wrong on that but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that that's like real footage of a whale giving birth um, in captivity somewhere um, which is crazy isn't it because it just swim straight away obviously it would like because the calf I mean because it's a whale but it's just funny to think just instant there you go
2: Just nature, isn't it?
1: Yeah, doing its thing. Yeah, Uh, and there we go. So that's Free Willy, free uh, and and then like we said, there is a fourth one, but it's kind of like a reboot. It's not really within the universe. Uh, What are your judgments on the third one? Character, performer, and then ratings.
2: Uh, I think uh, my character and performer rating go to the same person again, Uh, but this time it's it's Randolph.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> he was great you know from, from an acting point of view he, he did a brilliant job It was very funny in this film as well he was really amusing and taking the piss out of Jesse is, is always entertaining um, and then yeah um, from a character point of view I think I think it was the best character and then my judgements um, this film has no place in my history in my life really I've seen it before but yeah it doesn't mean anything to me so It's like a two. So from a subjective point of view, and then from an objective point of view, not a terribly made film, not a brilliantly made film. Starts off with a really good song when we first see Jesse. Um, I think it's the (laughs) Doobie Brothers, which is a nice, nice moment um, when he's singing in his van. And there's some really good scenes in it, some good moments, and it has a good sentiment. So I'm going to give it a five.
1: I think. Yeah. what, What about you? Well, firstly, yeah, they're going to go to Randall as well. Randall, sorry. <laughs> this, Randall. That's, that's This Is Us. I've been watching too much This Is Us. There's Randall in that Uh, No, to Randolph as well for character and performer. Sadly, the actor that played Randolph, I think his name is August Schellenberg. It might be Schellenberg. I think it's Schellenberg. Might be pronouncing Mm. that wrong, getting that wrong. But sadly, he passed away uh, only a few years after this movie, like maybe four or five years after this, um, which is sad. So rest in peace to him. Uh, We always have a special place in my heart for this character um, and for him. So we appreciate his work on these movies. And it doesn't actually... This one doesn't have a special place for me either, really. Um, Like, it's one that I would have seen as a kid, but it was the first two that I would watch, you know, on repeat, particularly the first one. But like I said, the second one became more special over time. I would probably give subjective like a five and then objective. I still like some of the, you know, willy moments and stuff. So I'd probably give it like a six. Um, nice. So, yeah. So my final question to you, Dom, is how would you rank them? Like from your favorite to least.
2: Good question. I think in the order that they're in. One, two, three. Um, so f- yeah, yeah first film second film third film in that order is my order of preference for these films yeah and i'm guessing yours is can i guess yours please so two one three
1: yeah i think that is what it would be though i think from an objective standpoint i think as in for the bet the the best films standalone would be one two three but just personally mm. i think it'll go two one three yeah um nice. But, yeah, they're very special films to me. I really appreciate you covering these with me, Dom. Um, Of course. And I really, really encourage you and everybody listening to check out Blackfish. Obviously, you check that out. Uh, Keiko's Journey Home, uh, which, again, it's on YouTube, but you can buy the DVD as well. And uh, Luna the Whale, which... I have the DVD. I'm not sure if that's on YouTube or not, but you know, check that out. And then also inside the tanks, which that one's on YouTube as well. So, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Our next movie is gonna be what, Dom?
2: I believe it's going to be Scream. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes, it is. So that... Hello, Sydney. <laughs> oh, I like it. Want a slice and dice? <laughs>
2: oh, much awaited as well. It's mm. been much awaited.
1: So that will be next, and uh, and then after that, you've got to pick one. Dom, we have to go. We we need a choice from you. So you think on that.
2: I'm going to scroll through some classic '90s films and see which one um pulls at my heartstrings.
1: Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Check us out. Ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through... Hoops. But they also go through... Nets. Ravenshoops.net. What are we going to say? Willie on free? (laughs) i
2: I've never said the word Willie so many times in my life. As, in 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 the in the space of three hours, whatever it is,
1: so. is, is right, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I mean, is, is Willy here in the UK is what when you're a little boy you refer to as your junk, right? It's your Willy. <laughs> um, but is that the same in America? Are they using Willy as your Willy? I have
2: no idea please let us know in the comments <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay do you want to do willy on three absolutely let's go for it do you want to count us no, in no, uh, you do it I want to hear teams. you I want to hear you say willy in a liverpool accent though. <laughs> please <Hey>. come on
2: <laughs> right go on then. right <laughs> willy on three
0: one, two, three, Willie. will